Are we down? Are we saying this is a full episode? Yeah. Or is it a bonus? Oh. I'd say bonus. it's normal. Oh, yep. No, don't worry. It's up to you. Why is it all to me? We did episode 25 last week. Is it a bonus episode this week? Bonus. Hello, Roy Normal. 25.2. No, I'm not doing that. It's a bonus. It's a bonus. It's not a proper... We're not doing episodes, always. It's a bonus. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. There you go. It's running. Right, I'll just play the theme, because we may as well just come in straight with the theme next time. Other than whatever you put the theme. Anxiety and stress, I think it's because we're going to talk about some topical Difficult t- topics. Ooh. Quiet. What? <laughs> 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 the chest went. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to this bonus episode of Who Can Convince You. I'm Harry. I'm Luke. I'm Ben. Yes! Hi, Ben. We are joined hey by friend of the Morrises. Yeah. And the Whitley. Yeah. Ben. How are you, Ben? I'm doing okay. I'm excited to be here. Explain yourself. Explain yourself. Explain <laughs> yourself. Who are you? Why Long time here? listener. First no, time speaker. Contributor. Well, because yeah. we didn't ask Mark Cochran this until the end. Right. What did we ask Who him? he is. Who, oh, right. Who he is. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Who are you? Who are you? Who am I? <laughs> I'm just a, a nerd who used to watch Doctor Who. Um... And sort of just watches everything else now instead. <laughs> instead, <laughs> in place of yeah, that's so, a pretty like yeah. apt summary. Mm. Uh, people I know say that like, oh, you used to. Do you remember when you used to watch it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it used to be good, didn't it? Mm. <laughs> so mm. we've got quite a few topics to cover this week. Some would say too many. So yeah, some would say bumper filled mm. is. Full. Swole. Yeah, it is swollen, isn't it? That bumper is swollen. So, I think it's probably best, if you stop slurping the tea to start off with, Yeah, it's probably best to start with the recent news. What milk did you use in that? Goats. Sour <laughs> Should we start with recent news, or would you like to discuss the Marvel Universe? Should we do that first? Um... Yeah. Let, well, let's take a trip into what Doctor Who means to Ben. Good. Well and done. And we'll, we'll segue into Loki. He's done this before. And then we'll... Branch out. Branch out. Like spring. We will, like our, the our, our seed will wow. spread. Yeah. <laughs> and the roots will grapple. Get on with it. And like Marvel, we'll just carry on churning and it keep out. keep going, keep going. <laughs> yep. Doesn't matter what we think. Doesn't matter what we think. Just chuck it out. So go on, go on, Ben. What, what, does, um, what does Doctor Who mean to you? Oh, God. And what... Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Or meant. <laughs> well, because I, I, I brought this up. Because, you know, you have to say on the slide, don't you, like, oh, I'm doing a podcast. And he always asks, what, you know, what are you doing a podcast on? Doctor Pardon? What? <laughs> Doctor Who. Um, and once his tears of laughter had gone. Yeah. Well, you, you'll get people say, you watched that? How old are you? Yeah. 
Like it's more, it's more <laughs> shock that Doctor Who was still going. Maybe both. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so what does it mean to you, Ben? Um, Doctor Who for me was introduced to me by my dad mm-hmm. um, when I was younger. Oh, I was there whenever David Tennant starred on Doctor Who. I don't know what year that was. Um, right as Christopher Eccleston ended, a very first David Tennant episode. Is that when he started? And my dad was like, yeah, my dad oh, yeah. was like, oh, Doctor Who's on. Just scrolling through the telly on a Saturday night, mm. whenever it was. Um, he went, I used to watch Doctor Who when I was a kid. And I was like, right, okay. When it was good. So he popped it on, <laughs> yeah. Back in the good old days. Yeah. So yeah, he popped it on. And we watched the episode, and I, I was just hooked as a kid. Absolutely hooked. Oh, in. really? Yeah, loved it straight did you, away. Did you have the toys. It was just the 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 zany overacting, the dramatic music, the lead hero in Converse and a dodgy brown pinstripe suit. It was it just screamed cool and fun to me. What so, I'm getting from this really is that taking a turn for the worse. <laughs> <laughs> Something needs to happen with us two here, because we're not that good. <laughs> like, that'd take me an hour to to yeah. try and say that. I'd be sat here scrolling, rolling my eyes, waiting yeah. for you to speak. You're on your phone again. Yeah, right. But that milk is off. Is it? Um, <laughs> lovely. Awful. Now I, I left I, out. Not having I'm, a drink. I no. Um, I'm, I'm the same. I'm the same as Ben. I started. Well, I already know this, but you know, I started with Tennant. And... Well, I can't remember Rose. I can't remember watching Chris at all. Yeah. I only went back and watched Chris like maybe a season after Tennant, like during after his first season, and there was like no Doctor Who for me to watch. It was like, well, may as well go back and watch the other stuff that's been out. Mm. Mm. I do remember that the the stop. You know, you have to wait till Christmas now. Yeah, the end of the series. Yeah. I remember that was good. Uh, oh. That was dreadful as a kid. <laughs> oh, Felt yeah, like was, forever. Yeah. Yeah. I, the Titanic one was the worst for me. Oh, God. What? Yeah. I mean, the whole David what? Tennant era for me. Well, uh, Ben says Tennant is, you know. I mean, we've, all got, we've all got our views. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some more extreme than others, which I'm sure we'll get into. You don't like Tennant, do you? Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's any way for me to say it politely. No. No. Tenant's like Marmite though, isn't it? He's uh, yeah. you love him when you hate him. Yeah. No one's got like an in between for Tenant. It's either like he's the favourite doctor, oh. or you just think he's wank. Well, no, I'd, I'd say he's, he's in between for. <coughs> what have, have I ever asked you? What you think, Luke? Not. No, because you don't tend to bring him up because you just can't stand <laughs> him. Well, I'll I'll regurgitate him now. Right. What do you think of him? You regurgitate him. Yeah, you know, bring him back up. (laughs) (laughs) He did as well. Um, For me. Here we go. I I used to to love him. Yeah. He was my doctor. Matt Smith came and I was like, you can fuck off. You want to be, you know, doctor, dicker, I don't know. Uh, But over time, now, tennis is not good. I, I can't. I yeah. can't take him seriously anymore. I think the big problem with Tennant for me came after he'd been in the role for a year, he got very comfortable with what 
his thing was that he did. Yeah. And especially after Catherine Tate joined. Yeah. And she was able to do like an almost perfect caricature of what David Tennant is like playing the Doctor. Especially in a final episode. Yeah. So like, can we have her as a It just as becomes, a you just realise it's just this big caricature of swallowing a burp and... Yeah. Oh, face acting and it just do a do a you do a little bit of sarcasm followed by like angry shouty man in yeah, emotional teeth, scenes teeth teeth talking through yeah. your teeth teeth do that little bit of spittle oh yeah they really focus on oh he does right spit focused right, on yeah. the lips and it's you <laughs> <laughs> from the lips I remember COVID, that COVID David COVID I do remember that yeah uh, any particular episode that's your favourite besides um, Empty Child because it's a sneezy one and Blink Besides those two. Well, the empty yeah. child wasn't David. Oh, I know, but it's still... You know, uh, David Tennant probably was one of the Catherine Tate episodes. I remember distinctly the Agatha Tate and the giant wasp. Mm, the, um, That's one that always sticks in my head. The uh, unicorn and the wasp. Is it? That's the one. Yep. Is that David Tennant? Yep. I thought it was Matt Smith. No, no David Tennant and Catherine Tate. It's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Definitely Catherine Tate in there. Yeah, yeah. Catherine Tate, I think... She's one of the best companions. So, shall I knock it again? I, do you wanna, yeah, knock the mic one more time <laughs> just to be sure it's yeah. on. Yeah. No, but the, the best thing about the Catherine Tate episodes was I always, even now to this day, thought, why didn't she swear? So many times where I really thought yeah. she was going to go, like, fuck at the top mm. of her lungs in that Catherine Tate cockney, like, twang. And I tell you what. And then she just didn't. I did watch a bit of uh, Capaldi's last two episodes. Mm. And at the beginning, Missy does swear. She says, uh, don't be a bitch to one of the... Yeah. I, I rewound it and put subtitles on just to make just sure. Just to check. I didn't gas. Was it post-Watershed, though? That's the question. Ooh, probably not. I don't think it would no, have been. No, because it was... No, it would probably wouldn't. Would have been 7 o'clock. Oh, Doctor Who show? Well, they are a lot worse behind at home. I hate it when people <laughs> say that. Who says that? Well, it's what teachers say, isn't it? Oh, they're, it's they're, they're parents and stuff. Yeah. But their parents yeah. say a lot worse than that. So, let's expand from Doctor Who mm. into an area that I know is very close to your heart, Luke. Yeah. Which is the Marvel Universe. I've said this before. Am I wrong in Well, se- I tell you what, actually, before Loki came out, if you go back and listen to our older episodes, yeah. I think it's two of them, I did say I kept bringing up Marvel. Because I think I just made those comparisons with Doctor Who. Yeah. I must have, because I brought them up, didn't I, in Marvel films, remember? Mm. Do yeah, do you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, where did this come from then? The, well, the comparison between... Because I've only heard about it. Yeah, so it's Loki, isn't it? The new Marvel series. Yeah. Uh, just, there's been a lot of comparisons between that and Doctor Who, where people say, oh my God, it's just a rip-off of Doctor Who. And this isn't just like sort of one person that I've seen. There's been numerous accounts of people saying this is Doctor Who for people who say they don't like Doctor Who. So a sci-fi show. Well, it just seems to have. I I don't know because I I didn't go into the Marvel universe. Mm. I remember when you when we arranged <sighs> this, said, "Do I have to watch it?" Yeah. No, no, don't no. worry about it. Oh, oh thank God. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it just seems and to be that, a lot dear of viewers, is why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems that. That seems to be the general consensus, that Loki is horrendously like Doctor Who. It's not, though. It's really not, and I think it's very interesting. So I've done a little bit of research, not massive amounts or anything, but 
slams a enough to uh, yeah <laughs> files open yeah <laughs> multi multi tab folder yeah um so apparently the comparisons start and I think this is really ridiculous um I don't know I haven't watched much past like the first couple of episodes of Jody but people were saying that Loki has Doctor Who like end credits. Apparently, the style of the end credits is very Doctor Who like. What? Yeah. So obviously, the Harold, you haven't seen it, but Luke, you get it. It's the. Uh, I don't quite understand. They have the file flipping and the information showing and the little Easter egg hints. Apparently, that's very Doctor Who like. Well, as you. Two I don't talk, know. Uh, Are you gonna yeah. have a look at the? Yeah, I'm gonna have a look. Okay. Um. I know, I, I think title sequences for me are some of the best things about TV. I love title sequences. Um, I like Loki's because they, while they keep, it's very clever actually, while they keep um, the same like iconography and imagery um, at the end of the credit sequence, um, they'll change the music depending on what happened in the episode and it relates back to what you've just seen. Also, as you get through the series... Uh, that end credit sequence start to make more sense, and you'll start to piece things together. It's like, oh, that means something else. I thought it meant that. Uh, I just—it's just a clever way, and it just makes you want to read. No, makes you want to watch that end credit sequence again. Um, See, I felt the same way about the uh, the title sequence as well. The yeah, title yeah, sequence yeah. was exactly, very impressively, yeah. lovingly crafted by Boss Logic. Mm. Which I found out after I'd watched the show. I just thought it was very interesting. Very and it's it's, it's only just a Loki. Um, it's just the name, yeah, with a brilliant soundtrack over it. To be fair, yeah, yeah, the soundtrack, and that's brilliant. But, I, I wish you would have watched the. What? We doing? Uh, I'm assuming that is the parallel. What is that? The end. The credit of Loki. That's not the end credits. This. That's not the end credits. What's what it says on that? <laughs> show, show Ben. It's, I mean, it looks like Doctor Who, but it's not the end credits. Well, apparently, it is. I mean, fuck me, that wormhole looks like zombies. Oh, shit. Do you want to just knock the mic? That's the intro sequence to the final episode. That is um, when they have a bunch of quotes from different people in the Marvel Universe and from our universe. Oh, yes, it is. I remember that. Thing is, that kind of... Because it's for the listeners. For the listeners. It's basically a wormhole. And... It, well, you, just, zoom, it, it, you zoom out of one galaxy and then you enter into yeah. a new galaxy and, and it then that be, leads you directly into the opening shot of the mm. show and I mean I'd like Dot 2 to do that that's pretty cool mm. uh, but it yeah. does, that does look like the wormhole on Dot 2 title sequence yeah. doesn't it? Um, but it also if you play zombies it looks like when you go through a teleport it's just a generic it uh, wormhole vortex. vortex sort of thing yeah. generic vortex wormhole thing it is yeah. really so then which, which these Loki Loki comparisons Obviously, after this end credit thing, which, like I say, I didn't understand yeah, at all. Yeah, I don't understand all. that. Um, episode 3 is apparently what a lot of people thought Doctor Who would be like if they just had the infinite money of Disney. So, if you don't remember uh, episode 3, and for the people who haven't watched it, <laughs> I'll give you guys a hint. Um, Loki and the multiversal counterpart of Loki, a woman called Sylvie, end up trapped in an apocalypse on a planet where a moon is about to crash in and destroy the planet. Yeah. And because it's an event that has already been set in time, it is 
like determined that this planet will perish and everybody mm. on there will die because there is an escape plan for these people uh they discussed this right at the beginning of the episode how they're going to get out yeah um, is that the episode where they travel to the city by train yes and i mean that end sequence is some of the best in that series it's great yeah um, it's one of my favorite episodes i will agree yeah but the the comparisons are things like there's a countdown to a disastrous event which often happens in doctor who there's like a really important piece of technology that goes like haywire and can't be fixed and has to cause some extra side quest which whilst is very side story push the plot forwards anyways yeah. a lot of people were comparing it to doctor who um, um, talking about the dialogue comparisons between Doctor Who and how the actors performed in this episode. I, I mean, to be honest, I draw more con- uh, comparisons to... Uh, you ever seen Due Date? <laughs> you ever seen Due Date? Anyone's ever seen Due Date? No? With, um... What's his name? Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. and the guy from the Hangover. Uh, the funny one. Oh, well, no, I have seen Due Date. There you go. Yes. Because uh, it's a road trip. And yeah, you've, it's yeah, it's because it's, it's got um, the same reboot count. of. It's a reboot. It's a reboot of plays, trains, and automobiles. Is it? I never knew that. It is. Yeah. Never knew that. Christ. They tried to make it again, and uh, it flopped in cinemas. What? Bit of a cult classic now, though. People like it. Do they now? Yeah. I watched it before. It was cool. <laughs> um, I watched the Wild Hogs. You ever seen Wild Hogs? Tim Allen. No. Well, I'm basically just talking about like Road Trip, the Road Trip film, or. I mean, I, I draw more conclusions to Hulk as well. I just don't. I feel like these are clutching at straws here. I'd, I'd say the, the motifs you'd seen a lot of different stories. I mean, if Loki had. Um, what, what? A flathead screwdriver the whole time. Mm. Um, it's a digital screwdriver, not a Sonic one. And it's not a TARDIS, it's a... Uh, well, you say that. You say that. So a lot of people are saying that the there's like a direct comparison between Loki escaping from the Avengers in the first episode, where he picks up the Tesseract, which is obviously this blue box, glowing blue box. People are saying he's a, he's a criminal with a blue box. He's stolen a blue box, just like what the Doctor does. There's also the overarching villains of the series that you're presented with again and during the first episode, the Timekeepers, which a lot of people compare to the Time Lords. Yeah. Keeping the sacred timeline intact, which again is what happens in, especially in Tenant's era as well. That's exactly what happens. One of the the big things that he grapples with is, do I impact upon these events or do I not? And interestingly enough as well... Yeah. That happens during the Pompeii episode, which again is directly referenced during Loki. When? He goes to Pompeii to prove his theory that the variants oh, does, of him yeah. are surviving within apocalypses. He does. Apocalypse I? So those are some uh, some oh, pretty wow. big ones within the first two episodes. Do you remember Tennant's last couple episodes? I think it's Waters of Mars. Do you remember that? <sighs> yes, the, the knocking... And the yeah. I don't want to go. That is <laughs> the episode after, I think. What do you remember the Waters of Mars at the end, when he 
when Tennant decides that he doesn't want to change, he's, he's going to fight his fate. Yeah, he's going to like change it. It's such an impactful. Uh, my sp- fuck me, what's it called? The the music swells. The conclusion arises. David Tennant does his angry shouty man speech again. He does. And uh, did that? It's 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 a ult- It's not really an ultimate. Like it's it's a, it's a, it's an event in history that has to happen basically. Um, because it sets up what humans do for the rest of the future, and he wants to save this one woman, and he decides to do it when he shouldn't have, and then he feels like an absolute god, and then he has like a yeah. proper dick at the end of the episode, and then she ends up killing herself in the episode. And I then he does again. He does the "I am the Doctor" speech. He does. He does. I am the I am the last Time Lord, a Lord of Time. Exactly. Exactly. I control time. Loki. Got well, again, yeah, you're right. Loki is fighting against his destiny because spoilers for a movie that's now two years old. Um, in Avengers Endgame, Loki does die. Wow, like, that is a definitive Thanks, end. Oh, all. We'll, we'll Loki end. dies. Yeah. No, we will. Um, Loki dies, that's it. He is dead. And again, they reference this in the show where Loki watches this video file of his entire life from, like, wherever he disappeared from up until this point of death. Yeah. And he says throughout the entire show all he's trying to do is stop that from happening. Uh, He's trying to fight against his destiny, his fate. And we've got season seven with Matt Smith, which is exactly the same thing, where he know they go to the planet where the Doctor knows where he's going to die. Do you remember that? Mm. It's terrible because it's the episode just before the 50th anniversary to the, the film sort of thing. Yeah. Um. So the whole point is like, I think the TARDIS dies as well, but it's massive. Do you remember that? Yes. It's like oh, gigantic Van Gogh swelling. Um, Van Gogh? Van Gogh? That, that is in the 50th. No, it isn't. Yeah, it is. Not a Van Gogh, but it's like, the painting is in because it was in 3D, wasn't it? Gallifrey, Gallifrey Falls, isn't That's it? Still, oh. No more, no more. Tom Baker does that speech, doesn't he, at the end? Yeah. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> what is the premise of Loki, though? Oh, um, what is it? Uh, I don't know anything about it. I don't even know who he is. I think that one of the biggest issues that people have in comparing this to Doctor Who. A lot of them went in saying, this is a zany time travel show. It's going to be a watered-down Doctor Who where they travel through time solving mysteries and setting things right. And then eventually they'll do a Marvel twist on it. And you you don't get that. From episode one, it's not that. I think, like they say, the closest yeah. you get in it is this episode three where they're trying to escape the apocalypse. Yeah. Because um, that is like Basically, the, the plot is that in Avengers Endgame, the Avengers are, again, using time travel because time travel is the easiest way to fix anything that's broken. <laughs> um, they use time travel and they create a branch reality in which this version of Loki picks up the Tesseract and uses it to teleport himself away from being taken to Asgard to face punishments for what he does in the original Avengers movie. Um, he when he, he is then out. picked up by an He's picked up by an organization called the TVA, who then take him to their headquarters, which exists outside of time. Yeah, this TVA. Um, and told, yeah, it's, it's it's a difficult show to give a brief summary on. Um, I don't he's think then it's basically complicated. It's just like it's just 
when you say oh, it out loud, it sounds a bit quickly. silly. Yeah. But when you watch yeah. it, it doesn't seem silly. Mm. Apart from when you see like all the timelines branching on the last episode, it's like, what the fuck yeah. is? Does that happen? does that work like that? Can you see time like that? I don't think you can. Anyway, but mm. uh, Owen Wilson's character essentially says, "Don't kill that var- variant version of Loki." Yeah. Um, I'm going to use him to catch this other variant of Loki, who ends up being Sylvie, the female counterpart. And that is the premise of the show. They're trying to catch her, and then it spirals into trying to find like the true villain, trying to stop destiny, trying to stop time from mm. being set in stone. It's basically, Loki's a, a man. Mm. Sylvie's a woman. They're the same person, but just in different reality in the yeah, universe. Right. And then there's this thing called the TVA, who are the overlords of time. It's kind of like the Time Lords. Mm. You can see, see everything. Yeah. You know what happens, but it's their job to keep the timeline in check so we don't get loads of sprouting, you know, variants. And these variants are like going against their timeline, their allotted timeline. You will, you will go to the court tomorrow and get some more milk because that shit is disgusting. And I just knocked the mic again. You did, and that was in my timeline. But what if I, what if I didn't do that? Mm. And then that's when you get the variants, people who defy their their own timeline. Right. And that's what the show's about. Okay. Those two define their timeline to take over the TVA because they think it's inhumane. Mm-hmm. So did you get that? I get it. Yeah. Does that sound like Doctor Who? No. No. I well, I I get I get it. And I, I think Marvel... it could very easily be spun into a Doctor Who line. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see what season two brings. Um, I, I'd quite like it to be like the American Doctor Who. That'd be cool. But I just no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. Oh, I mean, they'll do a better job than we're doing. Um, well, Tennant. David Tennant came out then. He did swallow him, didn't you? What? <laughs> <laughs> um, I just don't. Marvel's a show that likes to reference things. We all know Marvel's a show. Marvel's a, an industry that likes to reference things. You know, the cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, 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 at the end of the day, I think someone should just ask the, the people who made it. Do you like Doctor Who? I think somebody has, whoever the showrunner is, yeah. has said that Doctor Who was a massive influence on him. Right. So, Kate Heron is the showrunner. Well, she's the director. In this case, with it just being a one-time series. Hmm. If she technically is the showrunner, she made a lot of the executive decisions. So maybe she... always typing? Always having a look? Just, I do uh, have a very interesting quote from Richard E. Grant. Oh, is this a... Oh, um, yes, yes, yes. Someone made it... They asked him. Uh, so Richard E. Grant plays a variant of Loki. He plays what a lot of people call classic Lokis, wearing the stupid comic-accurate outfit, which uh, obviously looks ridiculous to nowadays standards. And did you know, Ben, Richard E. Grant was actually a doctor at one point? He was. Oh, okay. But I think this is why people <laughs> asked him... Sorry. <laughs> uh, I think this is why they directly asked him about the Doctor Who comparison. Mm. And I, I really like his quote. I think it's uh, it's very interesting. So I'll, I'll read this quote. Um, Richard E. Grant said, Gender fluidity is something that's in both of them, right? And there's endless ability to reinvent and to come back, which seems to be innate in all human beings. We would love to be able to reinvent ourselves or to live eternally or certainly to live longer than the time span that we have in our lives. 
So I think that's why these characters in these universes have such a deep appeal to us. It goes right back to your childhood that you can open a door and go into a phone box or go through a pole and somehow you'll be somewhere else. It's what we've done since we were kids, walking under a table with a piece of fabric and going, now I'm somewhere else, now I'm invisible. I think that's just innate in us. That was not off the fucking call. <laughs> that, that was not off the call. So you Ri prepared that, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. I write home, I think. Oh, shit. <laughs> Have you seen Richard E. Grant's Hotels? I'm not a big Richard E. Grant fan, I've got to be honest. Yeah, same. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. You've never mentioned God, them before, oh, I mean. So we give him a hug. Big old cuddly hug. Ooh. I've heard a lot of um, praise for the music in Loki. It's great. It's Natalie Holt. It is brilliant. Natalie Holt. It is. It's the woman who stuck her middle fingers up at Simon Cowell, and she's just a hero for that in the first place. You, you like Simon Cowell, don't you? No. Oh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I have heard some of her music, and it's great. Oh, really? Yeah. It's great. It's, it's, it's good. Uh, well, the first thing I said when I when I watched Loki, when, when me and uh, Leroy spoke about it, mm. first thing I said to you was, the music's amazing. Is the music enough to make me watch it, though? No, no, exactly. <laughs> just watch, just watch the theme tune. Yeah, yeah. Or just listen watch, to the theme uh, tune. Go on YouTube yeah. now and just, just watch. No, it's the, wasting time. Oh, fuck you then. It, oh, the, there's just something about Marvel. Oh, I don't, do you know what? There's something about Dark Dealer that makes me want to shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just can't. I think it's the whole superhero thing. Yeah, I think it's because it's a bit more. And it, uh, people will say, "Yeah, but Doctor Who's a superhero." But it's, oh. Doctor Who no. is... Are you one of those people? No. But no. I, think, no. I think that the Marvel world of superheroes, the DC world of superheroes, mm. it's a very macho superhero, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas the Doctor Who is a bit more of a intelligent superhero, I suppose. I mean, you do have those. I know what you mean. I, do, I know what you it's mean. It's a hero at the end of the day. And Marvel and DC seems a bit more muscle, macho. Let's go and yeah, usually the, br the brains are left for the villains or like the odd hero. Yeah. So all in all, to wrap up, is Loki the new Doctor Is who? it the new Doctor Who? Yeah. Is it the killer? No. No. No, it's not. No. No. I, d I, d I have no comments. No. Marvel in general? No. Yeah, well, well, this is the thing, isn't it? This is Marvel. Because, well, this is a good time to bring up that Guardian article. <laughs> so it is. So the, the tagline of it is, After 16 years, the BBC's flagship sci-fi show is tired and suffering. It should go away to save itself. Hmm. Now, if, I think without diving into it anymore, <laughs> what do you think of just that that line? It's tired and suffering. It should go away to save itself. Personally, I think if it went away now, mm. I think it could probably do with a rest. Have a lie down. I, well, I just think it could do with a bit of a break, just to sort of figure out what they're going to do with it. Because I think the constant sort of, right, the showrunner's gone with all of the new, new news, mm. that the showrunner's gone, we're going to get a new person in, da-da-da-da-da. It's, it's such a quick turnaround yeah. that I think it could probably benefit from a two-year break of, right, what are we going to do? Let's get ourselves a, a plan to get to the 70th. You know. Well, that's a long way away. Ten years. 
They won't last. Uh, you no, know, but you know what I mean? If they took that break and said, right, we'll come back at the 60th year yeah, and say, the BBC aren't going to say, right, we'll give you 10 years budget. Yeah. But plan those 10 years just so you've got time to figure out what you're going to do. Drip feed. Would it be... I, I think it would benefit from that break, but I think if it did have a, have a break, it wouldn't come back. But what do you think? Ben? Um... I would say, I think a break would be very damaging. Oh, yeah. I think it could come back. I think Christopher Eccleston being such a strong lead and bringing it back from this break, the first break that Doctor Who had, proves that people want Doctor Who. The fact that it's still going now proves that people want Doctor Who, whether it's the diehard fans, the parents who are introducing it to their kids... These uh, the older generation rewatching it because they used to watch the original. Ben, All of those people that watch now, yeah. Why don't you watch now? I tried. Same. There was just things that I didn't like that ruined the experience for me. Go on. Maybe that's because it was basing it off of my expectations of the David Tennant, Matt Smith era. Although saying that, I watched a lot of Peter Capaldi as well. Oh. I've watched Christopher Eccleston. I've seen four different variations of the Doctor before I decided that that was where I wanted to stop. Yeah, I didn't want to tune in every Saturday night. Punch in the gut, Capaldi's era. Real real punch. Awful. Yeah, it was (laughs) definitely very weak. Uh, The the first season of Capaldi where they didn't know what to do with his character. They didn't. They had no idea. Mm. Oh, God, it's awful. Not every episode. We talk about this, Mark. It's not every episode, but it's the um, vast majority. But it's yeah. the overarching storyline for me. Oh, it's awful. It was there was no character growth other than he's got a zany new companion. Clara is great it's though. Just... Clara is great. We Clara was interesting. We love Clara. I think that was when she because she passes at the end of that first season, and she she enters the great beyond. Or am I misremembering? That's... The season after, isn't it? She dies every episode, really, and comes back, doesn't she? Is that... Uh, they just can't... Oh, yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was yeah. a lot of criticism for the showrunners at the time, that they yeah. they just can't kill companions. No. They, they're dead, but they're not. They well, Pond died. She proper died. Yeah. Oh, wonder. She only Why proper died because she, she had her happy ending. She, she lived her life. So they were like, yeah, no, that's fine. I just don't know why I said that, because she's coming back now. She isn't... <laughs> Uh, they can't afford Karen Gillan anymore. Oh shit! Yeah, thank fuck for that. She's Marvel Jesus as well. Christ, she's being paid the big bucks. I'm sure she's Karen Gillan's lovely, but fuck me, I can't stand Amy Pond. Well, let's let me uh, read you the paragraph. It isn't just the budgets and production values of programs such as The Mandalorian or Loki that are upstaging Doctor Who. It's the storytelling. Something like One Division seems in a different league, and even taking into account COVID, with only eight episodes expected in the delayed new season, the BBC's production pace is glacial compared with its streaming rivals. Just as 70s Doctor Who looked cheap and wobbly besides blockbusters such as Star Wars, the show now suffers by comparison with Marvel TV shows. I've got a lot to say about this one. I disagree. I... I pretty much disagree the jody's recent season well season 12 Aye. looks gorgeous holy shit have you seen uh, you said you saw uh some episodes of jody's haven't you ben 
I watched Jodie's original season, her introductory season, oh dear. up until like I'm the last three episodes. <laughs> um, I was sorry too. That's why I stopped watching. It looks. Um, oh, I could eat it. Can I just say though that Jodie's era is my favourite era of New Who by a long way. I'd say. Now is that the acting, the writing? I think or it's a little just bit of purely everything. set d- design. I don't know. I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. I, th- I I find it very hard to give an opinion whilst they're still in the role. I think it's time after that. Well, yeah, because well, well, if you say if you say you like them and they fuck it up, that's on you. Yeah, you, you've got to live with that then. Yeah, well, let's turn. So. Let's, we're going down. We're turning left. Let's turn right. Right. Yeah, we'll talk about Jodie in that era later, but. In well, regards to Marvel v BBC, because that's what the Guardian said. So I, t- I tweeted about this. I had a little tweet before we would quit Twitter. Yeah, it's yeah, it's basically saying that if the BBC had the budget that Marvel and Disney and the streaming platforms had mm. and Netflix, mm. Doctor Who would be so much better. Mm. But because it doesn't have that money, it's crap in comparison. I think that article is pretty much bait, just to get people in. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's the Guardian. Yeah, it's just bait, <laughs> and. I mean, it got us talking. It got people on Twitter talking. And we're talking about the BBC here. BBC's a very different little doggy. It's not something that's funded by, you know, this massive corporation, Disney. Yeah, but Doctor Who is not funded just by the BBC. What is the deal with this now? Because I know it's funded by... It's funded Other by parties. a few people, isn't it? Yeah. I'm sure there was some sort of Dubai-based company that put a load of money into it. Yeah. BBC America, I believe, pay quite a lot of money into it. Mm. Well, all of the animations that are coming up for Lost Stories were funded by BBC America. Right. So the Evil of the Daleks that we're getting, I think, is the last one. Because I know we're getting the sensor rights as well. Mm. And I think after that, that is the end of the budget for the remakes so i assume they're giving some money to the production as well okay um i tell you what talk amongst yourselves and have a google hmm. i love talking amongst myself um well i'll finish off my point finish yeah my go point. on look so bbc it's not just about the funding i mean it's 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 a it's a unique thing to the uk it <laughs> it is it is it is i mean it exists in america as well though they have I BBC US. I know, but can I just say yeah, that go for it. Doctor Who brings in about five hundred and fifty million dollars a year for the BBC, right? And that's why it will never take a break again. Yeah, there's your answer. Regardless doesn't matter of, how uh, bad it gets. Yeah, it doesn't matter quality or anything. They will keep that cash pig going. Now I will say, go on then. I think. In terms of budget, obviously, like you say, it's not purely the BBC funding Doctor Who. But I know companies like Netflix, Disney's obviously an odd one out because they have infinite money. They're Disney. They've been making money since fucking 1930s. Um, Netflix puts itself in debt. They're like millions of dollars in debt. Millions and millions. That's my David Tennant impression. Fucking hell. (laughs) That's horrible. Please don't sick. do that. Yeah, I do feel. I'm not <laughs> yeah, but anyways, Netflix Ugh. is millions of dollars in debt. They put themselves in debt to put out these TV shows. It's why 
a lot of people say Netflix has this three season curse where if a show reaches its third season it will get cancelled by Netflix Axe. unless it's something like Stranger Things <laughs> it's a it's a it's a prize cash cow yeah it is making them money something you'll see in Asda you and George oh, Stranger yeah. Things t-shirt there it is Primark awful it's a, it's a global brand where you stick Millie Bobby Brown's face on it and have a little nosebleed going and everybody knows which character it is and then you get like 40 year old men dressing up as an 11 year old yep Speaking of which, look <laughs> at this segue though. I don't know what into. Yeah. Um. So where what? what you, how does net? Why are you bringing up Netflix, man? The BBC is more than just TV. It is. It is. And that is where I think this comparison to things like Netflix and Disney is not fair. Exactly. This, this is what I was going to bring up. It's an ideology. Netflix has, these, Netflix has this debt. They have this area where they can say, right, fuck it. We're going to spend a shit ton of money on TV. We're going to make TV shows because yeah. that is what we sell. The BBC covers news, music, TV, uh, film, like Radio. everything. Radio, yeah, it's literally everything in the UK. Books. BBC yeah. Books. BBC so, Books. Merch. Merch. BBC Books. BBC uh, Bite Size. Mm. CBBC. Yeah. Learning. <laughs> Learning. Hey, BBC Learning's pretty big. You know, what is it called? No idea. You didn't have in school. You know, maths games on BBC. We didn't, have, we didn't have a computer in primary school. Well, you it came. It's, yeah. Christ, you're old, aren't you? Yeah. You came out backwards, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah. I would see so the- this is this is what I'm saying. BBC won't take that risk because if they put themselves into these millions of dollars of debt, and they can't climb out of it like mm. Netflix appears to have this ability to do with shows that people watch, even though they're terrible. Yeah. It's it would jeopardize their entire business. Which means that Doctor Who is never going to have the budget that people want it to have. Yes, it's got a very large budget for a TV show, I imagine, anyways. It's not going to have the Game of Thrones, Mandalorian-style budgets of, like, $10 million per episode. Yeah. Well, well, it's, it's still it quite a lot, though, isn't it? I've just... I've got... Uh, somebody has sent an email to the BBC for a freedom of information request about I'm how sure. much it costs, who funds it, blah, 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 blah. And the request was... Uh, Denied. Oh, well, they weren't allowed to tell. But they've done a bit of research, and it's between ten to thirteen million per episode. Fucking hell! Estimated, right? And well, I hold my hands up. Yeah, I was incorrect. Although yeah. you Currently, have a, you have a look at how much it is for a Game of Thrones episode. I'm sure it's like hundred odd million. I don't know. I'm but, sure it is. It's a so fuck. I really? remember the final season was ten million an episode. That was their big announcement. They were spending ten million dollars an episode. Right, you know when I said 100 million? Mm. Right on my Ignore ass. that. Right on my ass. So, as for who's That's funding the programme, a large percentage of it is the BBC. Mm. But Netflix and Amazon Studios co-fund BBC shows in exchange for streaming rights in America. And Doctor Who oh. is on Netflix in America and is on Amazon. And HBO Max. It's on Netflix in the UK as well, isn't it? No, it or used to be. It yeah, used to be, I think. Yeah. Fucking hell. This, right... So I'll just cover up quickly what I think, you know, BBC compared to Netflix um, and stuff like that. What? So BBC America is a US-based commercial affiliate that owns for, that is owned 49% by AMC. <sighs> the people who do like Walking Dead and stuff yeah. like that, right. Um, 
Right, fuck it then. Why are we still talking about them? Well, so, no, this is interesting though. <laughs> could you not say then, could you not say that this skew that the BBC seems to have doesn't want to release, are they appealing to an American market rather than a British market? Uh, oh, yeah. Yes, it's still America. British actors and British showrunners, oh. British writers. Is Jodie's era an Americanized style of Doctor Yes, Who? it's been it's been criticised for that as well. Yeah, uh, I don't see it visually. I, yeah, I see visually it. I see it, which is a good thing. I I can't deal with that BBC drama 2010 like shaky cam anymore. I can't do it. I feel sick. Like the episode we did last week, uh, Forest and Night. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't do I can't do that anymore. I feel yeah, I feel ill. It looks great, but I just think BBC is more of an ideology. It's a representation of the UK, and you know what we, you know, the UK likes to how it wants to represent. It's it originally, you know, it'll have those checklists in place. I'd imagine the BBC, well, like it needs to have this, it needs to have that, which is quite archaic from you know bygone days of BBC television. I'd imagine it's it's a the mandate hasn't really changed that much, that much, that much. Pulling out my arse, but I imagine that's how things go because it usually is in the UK behind the BBC. Well, um, so it has a lot more on the line than just churn out shite. If it doesn't hit the wall, if it doesn't stick on the wall, oh well. You know, like Netflix now, Amazon doesn't even release anything. Um, I I just. I just feel like Doctor Who is such a big brand now. It's just too big for BBC. They can't deal with it anymore. I See, I don't think Doctor Who is as big as it has been. I'd say midway through David Tennant was where it was... Yeah. It was everywhere. Yeah. Like, merchandise was through the roof. Was ma- you where? saw people walking around and they had that classic David Tennant... Weirdly, I can't think what the shape would be called, but that shape logo yeah, with yeah, Doctor yeah. Who written across it, yeah. it was on backpacks, it was on I t-shirts, it, it was it. on jumpers. Cards. But yeah. Yeah. David of... Tennant was doing every other Comic-Con to show up as the Doctor. You yeah. like... see his head on the top of kids' pencils. Yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, see, another thing that people are saying, well, there's quite, a, I wouldn't say a strong belief, but there's a certain percentage of people that are saying that Doctor Who should be axed. Because of the the viewing figures are on their ass, but they're not. Yeah, I don't think they're, they're, not, they're not. Is that a worldwide viewing figure or just the UK viewing figure? Well, the viewing figure is only for that airing day, isn't it? Like, well, there's a consolidated one, isn't there? That's like, is it a week after? I know there's like one that comes out, yeah, like a week after that does yeah. iPlayer catch up, things like that. Fucking hell! Can we talk about iPlayer for quick? Worst streaming platform. iPlayer is the worst streaming platform. Like, how do you expect people to watch a new series of Doctor Who when you're getting, like, it's a sub, it's sub HD. I don't know what the fuck it is, but it's not HD. 720p. Is it? Looks terrible. It's compressed. Fuck knows what it is. Obviously, it's compressed, but. Jodie Whittaker's season. Go on. Do you want to finish? I'd love to. Go on then. Um, Like, when you make it difficult for your audience to even watch the damn thing. Sorry to swear. Audience, yeah. Oh my god, what are they playing at? And that's why I think they they really BBC don't give a shit about all the streaming services because they're it's the BBC. Don't give a crap. However, you go to America, it's completely different. You you can watch HD episodes 
on HBO Max, Netflix, don't give a shit. It really frustrates me how more accessible it is over there. So I'm guessing they just have enough of, you know, they just put all their priorities over there now in America. The, the BBC's here. official website says that iPlayer streams in 720p at HD 720p. Fucking hell. I mean, it even... streams at 1280 by 720. And the New Year's, the most recent episode of Doctor Who, which is the New Year special, hmm. was the big, like, it's in 4K. Wow. It was only, it's only in 4K. I think you could stream it in 4K for two weeks. And then it'd go back down to, I'm sure that's how it is. You can't stream it in 4K now. And even then, it won't be 4K, it'd be 1080p. <laughs> hmm. Awful. Awful, awful, awful. Um, I mean, you can't even get the iPlayer app on the fastest selling console right now, PS5. You can't get the app on there. How the fuck are people going to watch Doctor Who over here? They can't. They don't. And they don't. They don't. I mean, you can watch. You just abysmal viewing figures. Yeah. Axe the show. Oh my god! But still, like they don't just not help themselves. And that's if they want to. They've definitely got an agenda, and whatever that agenda is, that agenda is, it's not here. It's in America. That's what I think. And that's where the most effort is coming from. I agree. Thanks, Ben. At least someone's listening. I am listening. I'm just looking for the viewing figures. Yeah, you are. I know what you're doing, Harold. I'm just being a bit of a dick. So for season 12 of Doctor Who, the average viewing figure was 5.4 million viewers in the UK. All right. That's not bad. Can we see figures for Loki? How many people watched that? Oh, Disney doesn't release something finale. The series finale broke the record for being viewed the least watched episode of the show since 2005 at 4.69. I hope the highest is 11 point something. But I just I just don't think the viewing figures mean anything. It ju- uh, Loki's second episode had 886 million minutes viewed, uh, which was on par with the debut episode of having 731 million views. I don't know what that means because I'm guessing they're basing this differently off of um, not how many people watched it but how many many minutes minutes were watched in terms of like a streaming service it is isn't it for investors fucking hell I I mean I'm not too sure I I don't think viewing figures are anything to really go by not really I mean it's not YouTube is it I don't it seems this seems like quite a downer thing to be talking about but I suppose we should get on to the main bit of news of the week that, well, we intended for this podcast to be the Comic-Con panel is going to happen. They're yeah. going to announce what's going to happen in the next series. What do I mean, we uh, still talk about the Comic-Con panel. Well, no, but... yeah, well, we will. But I'm just saying that we intended just to think, what would we do as showrunners, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Now, the job's, Without, the job's open. The, jo- the job <laughs> is free. Uh, so I'm going to apply, put my application in for tonight for to be showrunner. Well, when I heard that that had... That it has happened. Jodie is in fact leaving, and Chibnall with her. Thank fuck, I would say for Chibnall. Well, I don't. I don't think. I don't want to say anything until we've seen what he does next season. That's true. Because I think it's just too premature to judge. Because I think if you see next season, you're like, oh god, yeah. it all makes sense now. Yeah, what uh, a we, great twist. The next season's different, isn't it? And uh, yeah. we said this not on the podcast, but. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll get into that yeah. when we discuss the Comic-Con panel. But when it was announced that Jodie was leaving and Chibnall was leaving, mm-hmm. what was everybody's immediate reaction? Oh, it was just expected. I, I, oh, well, not Chibnall. I thought he would stay on. 
Uh, but we all knew Jody was going. We all knew it's just the three seasons as well. It's three oh, seasons. Yeah, every people keep saying this three seasons out, but it is though. It isn't. It isn't three seasons. Tennant had three. Matt Smith had three. S- Capaldi three had three seasons and a load of specials. Yeah, Capaldi had three Eccleston and only one. had one. Yeah, and Jody's gonna have three and specials. Yeah, going into twenty twenty two. Christopher Eccleston had one. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. No. Why not? Because there's loads of abuse around him. He wanted to leave. That's my hypothesis. I think that's why I like Yeah, but we didn't know that at the time. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. We, he, he he might have stayed on for three. Like if, if well, maybe the others would have stayed on for more. David Tennant was involved in that abuse scandal. He might have wanted to stick around for more than three. Well, it's, it's common knowledge that David Tennant fucked his way around the production office. <clears throat> when they, Because the BBC owned a... Well, didn't own. I think they sort of rented out a hotel hmm. in Cardiff Bay hmm. and apparently it's well known that he made his way around all of the female members of crew and cast that were make that were there I'm ge- I'm guessing he made use of those, you know the conjoined room doors yeah shared through. bathrooms yeah. is it David <laughs> anyway when it was announced that Jody would be leaving and Chibnall would be leaving I thought the best option for me to to get my information would be to go on YouTube so, the suppository of all knowledge mm. that is YouTube. Mm. And I came across a video. Now, in the first 28 Hang minutes... Go I'm, I'm sorry. You didn't ask Ben what he oh, thought. Oh, sorry. Yeah. What did you think when you heard the news? I think I, I told Ben yesterday. Um, interested to see who the next Doctor would be. I think who is Showrunner it? is a bit more... Up in the air, it, especially with Doctor Who for some reason, it's something people talk about. Yeah, definitely more yeah, prevalent nowadays. But Doctor Who, it's like people are like, oh shit, that's the showrunner. They're the yeah. reason that Doctor Who is good or bad. Isn't that because yeah. I remember when Russell left? It always has been though. It oh, always really? Has been. How strange! Doctor Who tends to be. You either think of it, who's the Doctor, or who was the showrunner, script editor, yeah. like Hinchcliffe and Holmes. In what it's, series does that happen? Well, you think all of the 80s is just JNT. That's mm. why everybody... Like, there's the JNT era. There's the Robert Holmes era. There's the Hinchcliffe era. There's the Terry Dix, Barry yeah. Letts era. You know. And Dudders. Well, but you know what I mean? It's It seems to be segregated into yeah. those... This is what that era is because the showrunner so puts this thing, this twist yeah. on it. I suppose it's almost like a... a well, it's the, the director of the show, isn't it, really? Not of the episode, but yeah, like, yeah. It's, uh, he, the direction it, of the show. He, she, they taking that direction, aren't they? Yeah. Of, and like Russell did, and I, I, I said this, like I think yeah. Russell came at a perfect time to. I say that as well, though. I think the Doctor Who is the really interesting one because is <sighs> the showrunner gets the blame or the praise for everything when people seem to often forget that there is an entire crew of writers, there's an entire yeah, crew of yeah. camera operators, there's often different directors for every single episode. Yeah, and that's the problem with directors and the auteur theory is what it is, mm. where is director in charge of everything and should get full credit of that piece of art, or was it the crew? Or was it the actor? But I think specifically with Doctor Who, because it's a showrunner and... Yeah. Yes, they're going to be the ones who get the final decisions on a lot of things, and like you say, they're the ones that put their twist on it. Yeah, I think showrunner. If a director comes in and says like 
this is how it's going to be done. I think but that's honestly, how it's going to be done. You can't but, edit. You can't turn. You can't yeah. put sprinkles on a shit and call it a cake. But you can try. <laughs> exactly. I think that's, the, that seems to be what Doctor Who is doing. There's three lead roles in Doctor Who: the Doctor, the actress or actor, the showrunner, and the cinematographer. Maybe the sound. Yeah. Those fully lead that that series or that era. Because the director barely makes any impact in in episodes. I, not that I've noticed, which is strange. They seem to blend into one each other. Apart from when you've got... I don't know, the cinematographer again in Forest of Night. I think there was a drastic shift in that series for Capaldi. Mm. I, I don't really get why. They decided to change so much in that episode to make, you know... We were doing a good high-budget series. Should we go back to GCSE level? Don't get it. Um... I just always thought that was interesting how Shona gets that spotlight and as well as the Doctor and who isn't interested in who the next Doctor's going to be even if you don't watch Doctor he's still interested in, you know. it's, it always makes the front page yeah how strange whenever a Doctor I think because Doctor well, Who now has just become it's this British thing isn't it yeah it's like nobody talks about the, uh, this is being a bit Stupid, but like nobody talks about the royal family in day to day conversation. But no. when anything happens with them, yeah, it's know. front page. It's like a, a, a distant relative, isn't it? It's it's just one of those things that it's so embedded yeah. that Doctor Who is this British thing. The same as really, I don't think there's anything else that's really like that, is there? Media wise, with James Bond, I suppose. Yeah, the, the new Bond would be. Yeah. Front page. Yeah, it's the same thing though. It's like it's big news, isn't it? Yeah. Well, uh, one of the interesting things that I found while I was again looking around trying to find, make sure I didn't sound like an idiot when I come on here was um, you never sound bookies. Like an idiot. I remember this when because I listened to the radio uh, when Peter Capaldi was announced, and it was like massive conversation. His announcement time. was strange. Well, they had it? that big show, didn't yeah, they? They'd never done that yeah. since or before. The bookies, uh, as in the betting agents, for those of you who don't speak the lingo, um, they take bets. They they take they put odds on who the next doctor is going to be, and they take bets on it. So I'll I'll read off the the top three the the people that they think is most likely to become the new doctor. So we got yeah. Ollie Alexander. Is that the who the singer guy? I can't. Yes, I can't. The singer who was in It's a Sin, who's Ginger. He's got odds of three to one. He is the most likely candidate for being the new doctor at the we, minute. We can't. Well, According to not? the bookies, anyway. His agent has I apparently beg. denied it, though. Has said it isn't happening. Yeah, but wouldn't you? Yeah, that's, yeah. But apparently, well, it was sort of denied that Jodie wasn't leaving as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Can we stop talking about it? Because it's stressing me out now. Yeah, anyways, <laughs> uh, the second person is Michaela Cole, who? who I think her most famous thing was um, chewing gum. It's a sitcom that oh, she yeah. created and starred and wrote in. No idea. She's got odds of five to one. Uh, you might like this one. Richard Ayoade. Also five to one odds. Who's that? Put a bullet to my head right now and cancel the <laughs> IT whole IT crowd. <laughs> Moss. Oh, God. I've only ever liked Richard Ayoade in is, one is that thing. The glasses afro and does that. Yeah. Um, he does the crystal maze now, doesn't he? No, he does a. He did a. He does. Oh, he does an advert for something where he's, he's going out the house. Yeah. Oh god, he pisses. He me does off. E. E. That's it. E. Yeah. Goes and does dumb stuff like sit in a sauna and complain about how hot it is. 
The only Very thing I've ever face. seen him in that I like is Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Fantastic. It's a Channel 4 comedy, like really low budget, that was made to look like a 70s show. It's great. He's in that. All those three yeah. cho- of those three choices, which one would you? Well, there's more. There is a couple more. And uh, well, I'll read them out quickly. We'll speed run them. Go on. Go on. Chris Marshall, Death in Paradise oh, star. Fuck. Yeah. He's been he, he's, apparently he's in the running. He's Six been to in one the odds. running. He's been in the running since Doctor Who came back. Every year yeah. they've said it's him. He's, he's, I think he's Phoebe exactly. Waller-Bridge, Fleabag star, eight to one odds. How long does it take to choke on a pound coin? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jodie Comer. Killing Eve star. She's got 10 to 1 odds. It's gone. It's gone. Uh, and finally, John Boyega. Who? 10 to 1 odds. Star Wars. I don't know what he's doing. John Boyega, play, he plays Finn in The Force Awakens, and it was a big deal because he was the first major black character to be in Star Wars, aside from like Lando, who was basically just a side character. And then Disney cut him the fuck out of every multinational release. Very funny. The comparison between the uh, the posters for the Chinese and the international wow. market are hilarious. John Boyega goes from being like one of the main focuses to like a tiny little dot at the bottom. No. Yeah. Oh God. I. Uh, the, but no, still no. The Chinese markets no. are brutal. I. So I'm out out of it. those six, I've I've listed oh, six God. actors. Who would you pick? None of them. <laughs> None of them. I can't stand who who is making these decisions. I'd probably go with the last one, John Boyega. Yeah, yeah, same. I think I would as well. Saying that, I, you know, when Matt's- first Black Doctor, can I? I, I genuinely, a hundred percent, I think when the next Doctor is announced, it will be a woman again. Okay, I, 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 I said I again agree. Then, as if it was like I would again. Agree. I don't mean like that. I I just think she will be. Otherwise, it will just be Jodie will be the only female. They doctor. have to. They have to commit now to it, to the doctor being yeah. a woman. It'll just be ammunition for all yeah. the dickheads. See, we told you she shouldn't be a woman. I told you it wouldn't work from the start, and it just goes to prove it that they've gone back on their word. But <sighs> if if the doctor wasn't a woman, mm. would being another minority. Would that be enough? Would that be enough to make them not say like, "Oh, it was because she was a white woman"? Um, do you understand what I mean? Like, no, because they, they need like to prove you say, if John now. Boyega took this role, he's a black man. He is still a minority. A man. Still a man. Still a man. Yeah. Still a man. No, I it has uh, to be a woman. See, I think when it was an, it's always been floating about that. Obviously, this is past news now, so it's sort of pointless even mention it. But I'm gonna. Um, when it was first mentioned that it was going to be the first female Doctor, I think they went for their safest option. Jodie. No, as in, you could either make it another ethnic minority. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, just, or you could yeah. make it a person of colour. I think they went for the safest option by just making it a woman first. Yeah. Can they push the bar now? I think I think I don't I see a reason why they can't do it. I hate assuming like, you know pushing. I mean, I would hate to those dickheads on YouTube is pushing the bar. I mean, oh, yeah. to us though, it's just whatever. I think... As long as you don't change the law, Jim. Although I know I'm, I agree with you there. Who gives a shit? It doesn't the matter. Still there. I think if the actor is strong enough to play the character, why not have anybody play the character? 
Oh. <laughs> but well, yeah. you know the, the thing is though oh, I don't I, I just think it doesn't matter who plays it no. as long as they're good hmm. and why would we care about the YouTubers why do we care about the social media gurus I who think say so. that yeah because to be fair BBC don't listen to them the, B- the, no, yeah. the BBC don't listen to anybody regardless of what fandom is saying the BBC are not listening I will say dead they're not listening. It's a whole topic, this, but the way... They'll have a social media consultant, but if whether they act on the information they gather is, it is a it, whole it, different it, story. Yeah. Uh, it, it's... Uh, right. My cousin, his wife's sister, yeah. works, uh, the, works for the BBC, yeah. and she writes the newsletters for Top Gear, uh, Doctor Who, Yeah. And some other bits and pieces. She writes all of the email newsletters that go out, mm. and she said that they they just they just they're in their own world. That they just make the program, mm. and that's it. And they're all on Twitter, like she's on Twitter. Yeah, but they don't actively look at fandom. But yeah. then again, I think it depends who you're following on Twitter. Because Matt Cockrum has said that his Twitter is just full of people I praising. Know, yeah, he doesn't see any of that. Yeah, Whereas, maybe it's because we're so negative. Well, maybe that's why. But yeah, we're in a joking way. Problem, though I think the problem is, yeah. we'll get onto this YouTube video that I found. Yeah, that when you find these sort of negative, horrendously negative comments oh, like oh. this, it's sort of. It tarnishes the whole of fandom of being this sort of as JR fat ass as miserable as JR disgusting calls, human being who needs to get a grip of yeah, life as JR calls but there's gamdom gamdom because they're gammons in Ga- fandom gammons gamdom what's, what's, what's gammons just dickheads yeah. meatheads meatheads just idiots but yeah. whenever you see one I always find this interesting um there's a swarm of them. The comments, the replies, the 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 quotes. There's always several of them, mm. if not several thousand. Yeah. Uh, so this video. So when it was announced that Jody was leaving, mm. I saw it on Facebook. Mm. It was announced that Jody was leaving it, and Chibnall was going too. So I went to YouTube to, for some unknown reason, I went to YouTube to find out. I went to YouTube to find out more. Mm. The top video with 58,000 views in half an hour was this this video. Mm. In half an hour, yeah. 58,000 views in half an hour. The channel, and I don't mind calling this out because I found it absolutely awful, fucking disgusting. Yeah, I was so riled, and I don't normally get like this. If I see somebody that pisses me off on Twitter, like it pisses me off. Yeah, but. Not to that's, the point that's, you're this is a whole this. separate. This is a whole separate yeah. thing. So the channel is heel versus babyface, and this person—I don't know what their name is—is is the kind of dickhead that will moan about anything mm. that he doesn't agree with, mm. in the sense of when it comes to anything that he, oh. Awful. It just riles me. He's an absolute cunt, I think is the best way to describe it. 
I'll to bleep you for once. It's no, it's just disgusting. Yeah, it's awful. It's absolutely disgusting, and I can't bear people like this. I can't bear that they've actually got a platform where they can spout I know. crap. And I, obviously, it, it's okay to disagree with things, but just the way he was doing it, and he's totally serious about it. It's just disgusting. I listened to a podcast the other day, and they said the good thing about fandom is that you can disagree with people but you can still have a conversation. Can you? But with people like this, you can't have that conversation because you're just instantly wrong because they're right. It's like when I try and convince you that my episode's good. Well, yeah, but that's... But we have a conversation about it. Yeah. Well, we don't. I just say it's crap. But, Mm. yeah, this Mm. bloke is everything that is wrong with fandom for everything. He's Mm. everything that is wrong. I've got some quotes. Okay? And I'll pre-warn people. Uh, The thing is, though, I don't know how you're allowed to say this and not... Right. Here's the quotes. I I want you to say it, like, as as he said it. Okay. I do, because it's like, this is how disgusting he is. Yeah, this is is the point. Right. Mandip, this is how he described Mandip Gill playing Yasmin Khan. Go on. A stupid, thick plank of wood. Okay. Mandip, not the character, Mandip. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not the character. Like, we always specify when we criticise. Yeah, that it's the character that's stupid, yeah. not the actor. Mandip is lovely, especially yeah. in that Comic-Con panel. Yeah. She's great. Right, and, right, do you know what? what? She's 33 as well. I is thought she? she was like 24. Same. So it's younger than me. Yeah. So that's what he said about Mandip. Then even, well, not even, not even worse. They're both on the level, but this is way over the top. This is about Jody, not the doctor. This is what he said about Jody. Stupid, retarded cow face, garbage piece of crap, not worthy to tie the laces of any other doctor actor, daft ass woman in the place of a man. I instantly reported the video. Hmm. And I went into the comments. There was not one comment that I found scrolling through that disagreed with anything that he yeah, said. Yeah, I looked like the dislike. The like ratio. to dislike. There was like a hundred dislikes. Double digits, the yeah. dislikes. And the likes were in uh, yeah, quadruples. Yeah. Awful. Like well, I've got it here. It's it's almost seven thousand likes to hundred and fifty dislikes. Right. And so there again, is eighteen hundred comments. Eighteen hundred comments. And every single one, again, that I've seen as I'm reading through them, they're just saying, yeah, no, I agree with you, or, like, don't apologise for saying this, you're right. Did he apologise? Uh, oh. well, the he, rants are correct. He just, he, before he said stuff, he's like, oh, it's been on my mind for a while. Yeah. Oh, I just needed to get that out. Do you know what? It feels good. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck all of you. <laughs> like, this one person saying, shut your cow mouth, obviously, again, referencing that quote you just said, but... He's put, I love that so much, it'll probably slip into my daily use. He's no. literally inspiring these people. It's just disgusting. And I hope, I know he isn't listening, but I hope you're listening. And yeah. I hope that your pathetic existence yeah. gets crushed instantly by somebody disliking something that you said. Because the problem is, it's just, they're just feeding the fire. Because the only people that watch that crap, I say that because, I, well, I've watched it, mm. but not knowing what I was going into. His subscriber base 
will just be feeding him yeah. this sort of, feed we want feed more of this because feed. we hate Jodie too, because he can't have a woman in the role. Yeah. Fuck you. For God's sake. Awful. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Everybody, whenever when they announced that the Doctor was going to be female, everybody was shocked. Good or bad, everybody mm. was shocked. Yeah. Because they never thought the BBC would have the balls to do it. And they did it. Right or wrong, they did, they did it. They did. I think rightly, it's about time. Yeah. Does it matter? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does matter. No, yeah, but I mean... It, it Harold... Yeah, do, do you know no, what I mean? No, it does it matter. Just like... Because uh, fuck me, when I was stuff. growing up, there was the girls in my class loved Doctor Who. Yeah. And their role model was always the, the busty companion. You know what I mean? It's so, just... yeah, fuck hell, hell, yes. Woman Doctor, awesome. Doesn't it... Fu- right. But I want it, I want to just talk about how the BBC handled what they're quoting that guy on YouTube. Yeah. That box ticking. I think they handled it in a pretty poor way. It's it's pretty bad. Right. And Jodie Whittaker felt forced. Was always my biggest yes. complaint about her. Um, I was we, excited for a female doctor, but Yeah. Her story never made me, doctor sense. Me, it was always female doctor sense. Yeah. It's like... Uh, me I, and Ben have yeah. talked about this. Go on. Uh, how you treat... How I treat? How you in particular. Figurative. Figurative you. Yeah. Um, how Juan um, can, as it were, tick those boxes. As I like to, the thing is, I like to say that ticking boxes is, it's just a not, I hate that term. I think rather representation of an audience. Um, And I feel like the doctor's a role model, basically. Right? Yeah. Um, And when you get a minority in there, you know, women aren't minority, are they? But Women aren't a minority, however, they are oppressed. Nice one, Ben. That's why. That's why. That's why Ben's here. That's why he's here. Uh, having that representation of women, I think they handle it in a terrible way. And I think it's a bad representation. It's a bad, matters. Yeah, it's a bad representation. Representation. Of representation matters, and you don't realize how much it matters until your favorite thing has the representation that you want. You guys exactly. are both from Wales. You are Welsh people. If the Doctor was a proper Welsh character, had a Welsh accent. Well, uh, what's his name? Lewis Jones. Yeah, Michael. I've always yeah. thought Lewis Jones. Jones should be the next doctor. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If you had that, yeah. if you could say, oh, he's Welsh, I, I understand that, I relate to that. That is what the representation is about. It's about making you feel good because the characters or the people that mm. you're watching feel good. Yeah. This is This is where people often get it wrong. It doesn't have to be their only focus point. It doesn't have to be their only yes. personality trait. Oh, I'm a woman now, so every single time that we talk about something, the one that I thought was really bad for this at the start of Jodie's era was the Witch Hunters episode. We did, we reviewed Where, that, we? Yeah, I've done that one, yeah. Yeah. Then they go back in time, and because she's a woman, they obviously spend the entire episode accusing her of being a witch. It, it got in the way. It was almost like yeah. that was the premise of that whole episode. God, it you was need not... to find a way to balance. Yes. Yes, she is a woman, and yes, that is important to her. The same way as a man being a man is important to them. The same way as a gay person being gay is important to them. It is a part of your personality and your character. 
But people are multifaceted. They're not one singular thing. I'm just miserable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is one single that thing. That is one, yeah. and, and yeah. the minority, though. Yeah, yeah, mm. I suppose you are. Yeah. Um, even then, you, you could be that thing, and you can still be all these branches of that other thing. Mm. Yes, you're miserable, but are you a miserable git? Yes. Are you a miserable old cunt? Like, I was going to say that. There's two <laughs> different ones straight away. Like, you know what I mean? You've, you've, there is always going to be these branches yeah. and these different variations. Misery ass. The one that gets me is where uh, this the box ticking of Doctor Who. One, oh, I hate that term. What are these boxes? As if the BBC have got this big whiteboard in the room. Yeah. It's like Doctor Who's logo is at the top. And they're like, right, okay. Yeah, I know, but... I can see it. I, I can see, see it, that's, 100%. That's what I mean. I can as well. I know what yeah. that person on YouTube is saying because they're handling this uh, the, the female doctor in a way that is just crude. It's not nice. See, I'm, well, I'm, I'm not sure about this because... It's not nice I, to see uh, Jodie playing it either. Like, it's, I it's see a what nasty people saying. I see what people are saying where they're... Th- not that they're ramming things down our throats, but, like, the first female Doctor thing, and they've got an actor of colour with a disability as the companion, yeah. and they've got... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's these... These tropes... Oh, not tropes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They've got these things, and it's... <sighs> is it box-ticking... Or is it because these issues are so sent front and centre now mm. that you see it through different eyes that, oh, God, it's in the programme as well, but I've never noticed it before because we never talked about these things? I would argue yes, because of what Ben said just then, how it becomes their only character trait, where, like, Ryan... All I know, I've seen a lot of Ryan. All I know is that he couldn't quite ride a bike because it's dyspraxia. That's all pretty much all. Yeah, he doesn't do anything else. But that that's, that the, 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 the dyspraxia thing gets completely forgotten about until right at the end again. Exactly. So they completely forget about that. So Because it comes in as a plot point. It's the same way as like uh, the main character of a, a action movie will fall out of a building and like land three stories down completely unharmed because they have the plot armor. And it, again, like you say, it applies to these points because they become plot points, and that's all they're good for. And you know, so like, like you say, is... dyspraxia, it's introduced as his very first most important part of his character. Yeah. End of the series, it's the very last most important thing about yeah. his character. And then what's the it's other... a full circle reference? And what's the other thing uh, that I can recall about Ryan is his part in Rosa with Yaz. Um. And they talk about the like how they're different from everyone else. Mm. And yeah, is it's a touching scene. I, I like it. But after that, um, I, I mean, it's all like we we reviewed the episode about uh, the Suranga conundrum. Yeah, uh, where he talks about his dad and how I think his dad, Ryan's dad died and his mum left or something like that. No, so it, I don't know. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's some. Uh, uh, there's a family thing. <laughs> yeah, family issues. Um, so I suppose um, I think it's easy to latch on to these boxes that people just want to point these the finger at the BBC and say you're box ticking and it is, it is easy to latch on to these things because they are a minority and you've not really seen these people in Doctor Who before especially as a collective all at once I think that was quite jarring for people it was jarring for me where we had because I want to change, obviously. Like, it's getting pretty boring to have a man, a busty woman. A man, a busty woman. A man, 
an older man, a man, a busted woman. You know what I mean? It, it, it's getting tiring. Yeah. Now, Jodie Zira, woman doctor, three companions, all completely different from one another in background race, uh, like health. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, I think I just think it was a lot at once. And I think dealing with those characters in the situations they were put in as well, uh, the showrunner didn't do a good job. And how can you? Because there's so many companions. There's so many choices in this short amount of time, 40 minutes. Do you think it may be Fuck. that it's that with the companions that they've had, obviously there's only one left now. Oh. Do you think that there's too much? You know, I've always had this thing of family values. Family values. Where programs seem to have to... We have to know why all of this backstory... But the main mm. one was um, uh, when they rebooted Lost in Space. Mm. And we had this whole scene about how this one of the characters was adopted and uh, the whole family background story that has nothing to do with the plot yeah, and doesn't affect it really in any way but somehow is character development for us to love that character rather than the character doing something on screen that we can go, wow, she's great. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, usually, it's just writing where, like, you bring up that plot point and that character background yeah. to help form their decisions or something they do in the plot later down the line. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that happens to Ryan. Well, the thing is, it, it's um, sort of... I just haven't seen the late, later episodes. I think the problem with it, or not the problem, just a comparison is if you take the 80s TARDIS crew, mm. Adric, Tegan, Nissa, Doctor, you've got the same amount of characters there, yeah. but you don't really have the whole family values thing. I suppose you could probably say the whole, you're not aware of this, but T, uh, Nissa's father mm. dies and the master takes his body. No. So uh, you could sort of say about the whole family values thing yeah. there, but... It was a part of our plot, though. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just think it's, I don't know, I don't know. You don't know, don't know. When I said busty companion, yeah, I want to clarify. I don't know. I just want to make it seem a bit more nice than me to say busty companion. You did say a lot. It's it? like that one Doctor's death scene. Who, it was overshadowed by the woman's. It's Perry breasticles. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. It is a Doctor Who trope. It is a Doctor Who trope. Anyway. Right, showrunner. You ready? Yeah. Yeah? So this is what you would do now Chibbers is gone. He's gonna he's gonna go after the series, isn't he? The next one. He is. So it's up to us now, one of us. We've just been hired by the BBC and we're expected to drive this Doctor Who train into a better place. Hopefully. Or a worse place if that's what you want. Okay? Hmm. Run it into the ground. I mean, I might. So, shall I go first? Do you want to go first? Uh, I don't want to go. Go on. He doesn't want to go. (laughs) Nerves got to him. Right. Showrunner. Chibbers is gone. Right? We've had the party. It was all... It was all right. Good old chimbles. Chimbles. That's a good one. I don't know. Now, first up, I'd axe it. 
completely gone. It's gone. The last, how many years has it been? 15? Doesn't matter. It's gone. Completely gone. Old who? Gone. Right? We're starting again. Fresh liquor paint. You'd start the timeline from new. New. This is new, new who. Right. What? what? Are we talking like keep the premise of Doctor Who or just straight up like brand new storyline with is, the Doctor Who name? This is completely new. Like we're not following the Doctor anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, so we it's are. It's, it's, it's Doctor Who. It's Doctor Who still, but it's just rebrand. It's not rebranded, but it's a, it's, it's just a revival, a complete revival overhaul. And I'll say, I'll say in the office, this isn't working. Right. So, we start again, same companion, stuff like that. Now, what? Same things with, like, we have the Doctor, companion, sort of, you know, just Doctor and companion. Simple. Yeah. So the basic story stays the same. The basic story stays the same. We're the story stays the same, story. but you're going to start again from day one as if nothing ever happened. Yes. Right. How- <laughs> However, right, skip a couple seasons down the line after they were all like, oh, you can't do this, adopt it. I did. It's done. We're, yeah. we're going to have a special, New Year's special, where bits of old who, of like, well, new who, not new, new who, which is mine. New who bleeds into it. Do you know, like the fiftieth did? Yeah, not okay. really. No, as in, like in the story, you know how the fiftieth like bl- like joined together all the old doctors, yeah, alongside um, Matt. Mm. Yeah, so it's kind of going to do the same thing. Where it well, it was ruined for a while. The old who was canon still, but what well, is canon? Yeah, but it might, it might. This is my re- the whole revival of the show, right? So it's kind of you know blending that. But we've got new who coming in now, right? And it's kind of blended in now, and then skip another two seasons, and over the course you've got a little drip feeding of old law, and that's where it's going to go because it basically just a whole revival. But still keeping the old law, but just dripping it in. It's not like bent over. So it's over just a di- new season. It's like a new season. Yeah. But it's a complete overhaul. Where it's, it's, it's kind of like, is it canon? It is. So is your, is your little twist going to be basically at the end of the season, almost? You'll be like... Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little... This is canon, even though you didn't realise it was at the start. Yeah, well, I, didn't, I never said it wasn't canon. But yeah. it's all going to tie in. Like a little nudge to them. Yeah, be yeah. Like, ah, dickheads. But it's not going to be like bend over backwards, you know, old who rules. It's mm-hmm. not going to be like that. Or like, you know, new who, re- reference to himself, bringing back old characters. Fuck that. So that's it. Ooh. That's it. Fresh start. It's pretty much like a fresh start. It's a like soft it. reboot. Is what they, what they call it. Right. Because this shit stinks. I, I was thinking soft reboot as well. Right. So my, my pitch would be... Again, walk into the BBC offices, slam my hands down on the table. That's what I did. Right. Listen up. Yeah. Um, I would start, make it, start the season, new Doctor. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what the actor is. Yeah, neither it could do be I. anyone. Anyone. Yeah. I want them to be totally alone. Oh, shit. Totally in despair. TARDIS is run down run the first half of the season like a horror story 
Oh, shit. Right. I'd make it so we're talking amnesia. We're talking running off instinct. Like, TARDIS is just doing what it's doing. Oh, so Doesn't kind know any words. Kind of like a predecessor to um, the first Doctor of New Who, Chris Ackleson. Yes. So, like, just after the whole war, time war thing. And he's like... Yeah. Okay. So, something must happen at, like, say, end of season 13. Yeah. Something happens. They, I'm, I'll make them do something somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I say, first like few episodes would be like really dark and gritty and sort of down to earth style episodes where this version of the Doctor who doesn't have a name and is going by John Smith again because I always loved that. Thought it was hilarious. Yeah, like um, is just trying to figure out what their place in the universe is. All they know is that they've got a fucking magic box that they woke up in one day that takes them to places. I like and that. And sometimes they manage to fix things, and sometimes they don't. Yeah. I'd like to leave some of the episodes on like a, a loser's note, almost. Yeah. Like, Do- Doctor does do sometimes. They do. They do it quite well every now and again, where they'll have like one person survive. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, did he won, but like at what cost? At what cost? I like those. Those sort of endings. Because the and whole then, that those five episodes you said, or however it was, like halfway through, where he's on his own. Yeah. You could have it so. Like it's revisiting the core of what makes the doctor the doctor. Yes, like exactly. This nice revival. Purely like saving it. people just for the sake of saving them, not because he yeah. feels like he has to, not because he feels but like he has to find out why he's doing it. Because yeah. he can't really figure out why he's doing it. He's just going. And I want to bring it back after those few episodes to start to bring back that campy, run and gun almost type feel of Doctor Who, where it's like dashing between adventures and trying his best to be cheery and save people and almost cocky in a way yeah and i'd want the realization of who he was at the end of the season to be some kind of get his way memories back maybe the daleks do it maybe the cybermen do it some kind of traditional doctor who monster oh okay oh that would be cool uh yeah because you have to yeah classic monsters they mind fix him somehow Oh shit. Specifics aren't important. And I think it would be really nice to see what sort of personality they would choose to go from there on because obviously you can choose to just go back to being the doctor how he was before or being this new doctor that you've developed over the season. It's yeah. almost a new character. Yeah. Fresh slate. I think that would be my way of yeah. doing it because then that gives you the opportunity to say, yes, this is the doctor you know and love, but. Approachable to new audiences as it's well people people can get into it yeah, yeah. people can go that's without my their mums because, or dads yeah or parents again like you say it's it's the soft reboot yeah because it's going to be able to bring in all these new fans so we're kind of on the same level I'd here yeah kind of saying the same thing i i would do it yeah. exactly how ben would i uh, see that that's clever would you um how what would the structure of the series be or would it be the same as now or like where it's a different story every time Pretty much, but it has like a, I a would weaving do all plot line. Of them as two parters. Yes. I think two parters narratively flow stronger. Yes, I would agree. And leaving the first episode on a cliffhanger is always a brilliant start. It's why they always do two parters at the first mm. two episodes of the season and the yeah. last two episodes. I'd uh, want a twelve-episode yeah. run. I'd want three two parters in this darker, grittier, down-to-earth horror style, mm-hmm. and then three stories at the end where it's starting to pick up and feel classic new who maybe like 
newer old Who, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like either side of the the split, the breakup. Yeah. That's the vibe you would want to run towards at the end. I'd probably go more heavily into this plot line that goes through New Who. Joe, where like, yeah. every scene. Oh yeah, yeah. The the overarching have. thing is about yeah. who is the Doctor. Yeah, I'd probably dip into that uh, more heavily than even New yeah. Who's doing now. Which apparently, uh, what Chibnall's doing in season what it would be thirteen, wouldn't it? Is it what's the next season is thirteen, isn't it? Yeah. Um, because apparently he's what's Chibnall doing? Like he's every episode will be following from like an exact. It's story just one storyline. Yeah, one storyline, which I think would be better for Chibnall. I'd like to see how he handles that. Because what he's doing now, it just doesn't really work that well. I quite look forward to that. Uh, but any, any, anything else, Ben? No, that's my idea. What about you, Harold? I don't really have an opinion. You must have some idea of what you'd like to see, at least. <sighs> sort the stories out. Right. Bring back more classic monsters. Is that it? Yeah. Nothing else? No, not really. What do you think of me and Ben's idea? I just... I think it's hard to work it out from a pitch like that. I d- what if, well, what if that happened? That after Chibnall leaves, what me and Ben just said happened. Would you still be a fan of this dog? Like, dog uh, do? Like, of, uh, or would you just say, right, that's too much, I'm out, I'm going to stick with old... I don't think I'd ever say that's too much, I'm out. I just think I, I'd watch it because it's the thing that I watch. Okay. But it's a bit marvelly. Yeah, what we're saying is a bit marvelly. Uh, and it just it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me. That's okay. I agree, but I think it's the only way for it to survive. It has yeah. to adapt, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. It's the only way for it to survive. And that's the I'd love to keep the elements of the classic who. Same. Yeah. I, I want it to still feel like Doctor Who. But you have to bring in a story that's going to bring in these new audiences and keep them there. Yeah, I think that's the big thing with Doctor Who. Like I, like I say, I think I went through my iPlayer with Luke a little while ago and like looked at what Doctor Who I'd watched, and you could see I'd start like half a season, and then I'd drop out. Yeah, and then I'd start another half season when they started up again, and I'd drop out. Uh, I think because that was the issue you, where they never managed those... to keep me. Yeah, because there's a filler episodes pretty much. Yeah, halfway through. Um it's tricky to like please old fans and the current fans and bring in new fans all at the same time and I think they miss the trick inevitably you're going to let someone down but I think they really miss the trick with this one because they're just letting everyone down it sounds like anyway yeah. no one seems happy no not c- thoroughly people are content. happy at the moment that they watch it because they're like yes Doctor Who yeah. new Doctor Who to watch yeah. and then after that it just tends to be complaints yeah because I'm excited to actually be on the bandwagon for a new series, Dog Do. I'm excited for that. Good or bad, at least I'll be there watching it live on the day. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. But I, I know what you mean. It is very marvelly. It is very marvelly. But interesting nonetheless. Yeah. Is it argue be- Is our way better than what we've got now? That just all depends on who you ask. Mm. If you ask me, I'd say yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ugh. it's tricky because it's like you had forty years of classic Who, literally doing all of the groundwork for you. Yeah, 
And it's like it's there. It's like, have you got to mess with it? Yeah. I think we did. Well, that's what Eccleston did. Eccleston came back. They didn't care about Classic Who. They were trying to draw in the new crowd again. And I think that as they've went through the showrunners and the doctors that they've had, it's been thrown off, which is, I think, what is affecting the new fans now. The fans that are watching it still now mm. are thrown off because it feels like every single time they're trying to be a new generation. Yeah. And they don't need to be. They just need to be Doctor Who. But because of that, me and Luke, our idea immediately was to just start again. Because mm. we feel like it needs that fresh slate. And yeah, we yeah. obviously leaned a bit marvelly, and we leaned trying to bring in as many people as possible as easily as possible. But is there's nothing inherently wrong about that. No. But you you want to use who, and you want to bring in new people, and there's like Luke says, there's never going to be a way that does everything perfectly. Mm. So. And it's in a unique position for a show that's almost sixty years because you don't see Coronation Street reviving itself, do you? I know it's a soap, but I mean. It's well, almost thing, uncharted like, territory for a show going this long. Does it yeah. just deserve just a spin-off and just end it there? End the mainline Doctor story now and then just carry on with a spin-off. That's kind of marvelly. Is that the road to None go None of down? the spin-offs have worked, though. I know. Really? I mean, they haven't. Because I know you say don't... Like, Torchwood worked well, but then it, it died off, didn't it? It like, got two seasons and then disappeared. Chibbers. It was Chibbers, wasn't it? Was that Chibbers? Russell, Russell created it. A Moffat. Chibnall sort of wrote a lot of it. Oh, okay. And then Sarah Jean Adventures is, well, it was our wrong, right target audience, but also wrong target audience because they didn't bring in the Who fans. They kept sort of the younger Who fans. I know, it's strange because those young... And it's, I it's regarded it. as great. It's regarded by like a lot of the younger generation and people our age like yeah. 18 to 20 ish that age range now because they watched it as kids they remember it really fondly and they remember it being good you know I don't really remember Sarah Jane that much the adventures but I do remember the character Luke in real life I remember him in an interview and he said that he got bullied and harassed in school for not having a belly button even though he did because he's a clone in the show apparently it really got to him so yeah um I know Sarah Jane Adventures is a weird one because, like, the target audiences would, in my mind, be the same audience as Doctor Who, wouldn't it? But they didn't. They they went for a younger generation. It was on like CBBC. I know, strange. Oh, is that? I suppose Doctor Who's more of the family. Um, yeah. Torchwood's the Doctor adult. Doctor Who was for the Doctor parents. Doctor Who's for everybody. Sarah Jane was for the kids. Right. Okay. Got yeah. you. I think that's the ish. That was and then classes yeah. for. <laughs> no one. Yeah. Interesting, interesting stuff. I, what do we realistically think is going to happen? Just to end it there, so Ben can go. He's got things to do. I think the new showrunner will come in. Yeah. Well, you said the you did first... research, didn't you, Ben? Yeah. So one of the like big things for the new showrunner is that they want Kate Heron, who was the director of Loki, to come in as the showrunner. And it would be the first right. time that there would be oh, he's gone. an oh, American. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be the first time there'd be an American as a showrunner for Doctor Who. Oh, Christ. Okay. Okay. Because she is American. Yeah. 
However, she did also do directing work on Sex Education, which is a show set in England. It, so it's yeah, not that she has it's, total it's not, anonymity with English culture, but it's not Sex Education. Is not set in England. I mean, it is, but it's not. That's not England. Yeah. That's America. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but she un- she understands some of the British culture. Yeah, and like one of the, I think the article that I read, the idea was that she would have like a, a British consultant come on to like make sure that she wasn't Americanizing it completely. But like you say, if it if like we said earlier, it's being payrolled by Netflix and Amazon to stream in America. Oh, why would they not want to get an American showrunner on? It's a scary. If they're the ones time. influencing these decisions. Yeah. Forty nine percent of it, anyway. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's scary. There's no doubt it's going to change. There's no doubt. Um, I I really don't think it's going to be for the too much better. It'll be. I I'm. I put my. I I'll put my bets on that's going to be better. But for different reasons, I don't think many people will agree with those reasons at all. AKA, adult. Have you heard any rumors of the next showrunner? No. No. Nothing. Does it worry you that... I, it tends to be somebody who's written a lot for the show before. Yeah. That seems to be the way that they do it. Yeah, it is, isn't it? So, uh, Chibnall was unlikely, I think, only because the stories that he'd written weren't great. Yeah. No, well, what did he write? 42. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, he was unlikely that it was... It was a... Oh, right, you're going with that. Right, okay. Whereas, it, you know, it's probably likely to be somebody like Mark Gatiss. Yeah. Who sort of, they've had their finger in the pie for a while now. It's got, it's been, but it's only again, been in the back yeah. of it too long and you pruned. But then again, he hasn't written anything for the Chibnall era. Right. Whether that's because Chibnall didn't want him to write because if he didn't ask him to write, he's not going to write, is he? No. So it's probably likely somebody who's written through the Chibnall era. Because the I would have thought the BBC would say, "Have you got any ideas who you'd like to replace you?" Because it's got to. I think it's got to be somebody who understands the program. Yeah. Because if you just get some fresh blood, it's the BBC, like we talked before. This isn't Netflix who does radical things. It's BBC. Although they did. Bring on a woman doctor, which is radical. Well, there is. But it a, didn't shake up the whole core of the program, which I think having an American showrunner will. There's an argument for having somebody who's not a fan. All of the showrunners yeah. have been fans of the program before they were showrunners. Apparently, no. They they all there. Uh, Fair enough. They were all big. I'd have to be told that. Yeah, they were all <laughs> Doctor Who fans. Okay. So there's an argument for having somebody who wasn't a fan as the showrunner because they're not working thinking, oh, God, yeah, I've got to bring the Autons back this year because uh, do you remember when Spearhead from Space came on? That was at the start of the year, so I've got to start it like that. I've <laughs> got to bring the Zygon to the 50th anniversary. It's just... So there's an argument for that for somebody who's not worried about fandom to do it. Mm. But then again, you get somebody who doesn't quite... Who, not that they don't understand the programme, but just... They're gonna, Has different values. They could do anything. Yeah. And if they do the wrong thing... And they're like, I'll tell you what, let's make the Doctor actually a robot. 
He was a robot the whole time. It's like, oh, fucking hell. Are we gonna... Yeah. There's no because if Chibnall proved that you can rewrite the law of Dot Dale, well, I, I, what's going to happen when people catch on and think, I, you know what? I find it highly unlikely that he's set this up to do that. I think the whole timeless child thing is going to be a bit of a ruse. Yeah. I think uh, it's just, just either that or it's just going to be a throwaway mistake. That, yeah, that happened. Forget that. It's not really. Canon. I think. I think it's just one of those stories where he's thrown the spanner. Yeah. But we haven't actually seen what it's hit. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's just a big. Look at that big red flush. It's like a, it's a magic trick. I think. Yeah. Hey. What? Slight of hand. Yeah. Where he's done this massive thing that everybody like. Jesus Christ! How did he do that? Why mm. is it? What on earth is going on? But really, you're just looking at the mm. superficial thing. But I don't know because he might tell all in the next series yeah I mean which I imagine so I, I do I would imagine so yeah I don't think he would uh, I think Chibnall's got the balls and the brass to say you know what this next series is my baby and I'll end it like it's the end of the whole show I think at the end of the day Chibnall is the showrunner, yeah. and he's going to tell the story that he's wanted to tell. Yeah, he's been chomping at the bit to do this, hasn't he, for a while? Well, you know, he's been given the job, and he's yeah. got a thing in his head that he wanted to do, so he's going to do it. <laughs> but, That's that it. is what it is. It is, isn't it, though? You know, he's got this idea. He's got. He's obviously wanted to tell the Timeless Child thing Yeah, as his, like, all right, that would be great. Yeah. I mean, regardless of if people like it or not. Mm. He wants to tell that story, and he's going to tell it. Yeah. Because I don't really have a problem with it. I think the only problem I have is is having the goal to mess around with <sighs> someone that's 60 years old. I think COVID has played a big part in it, though. Yeah. That's why I just can't see him doing this whole timeless child thing of rewriting the timeline. It's like, ah, ah, ah I told you. Yeah. Uh, I just can't see it panning out to be true, because that's that's a dick move. As a showrunner to do, to like rewrite everything Piss and, then, the and then more. wave goodbye. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think he's gonna next series. Uh, apparently, it's blockbuster. Uh, he's gonna address him. it. He's, he's gonna sort it. I out. think he's gonna end it like it's the end of Doctor Who. Yeah, maybe not to the point where it's like the Doctor's proper dead, but it feels like you know he won't show a reincarnation at the end. I think he's. He's written enough things in that you could get out of it. You could just get out of it. Yeah. It's Doctor Who. There's always a yeah, way. always out. get out. Always so, get out. You know, there's, let's get out of jail card with it. So, mm. see what happens. Interesting stuff. Inter- anything to add, Ben, before we say farewell? No, I, I was enjoying listening. Oh, how lovely. How lovely. Right, well. Well, they're, they're, they're there. <laughs> there we are. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Ben. Yeah, thank you. Well, it, was, it was a pleasure, gentlemen. We'd have to get you back on. Have to get you back Anytime. on. Anytime. Maybe for your favourite episode, perhaps. Who knows? Hmm. Who knows? Good night, dear listeners. <laughs> night, Harold. Night, Luke. Bye-bye now. Good day to you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Right. Just me and you. So, <laughs> predictions for next year. Well, this year. The oh. season 13. I've sort of thought on that already. I think I know. I think Chibnall's going to set it up like it's the end of Doctor Who, of New Who. It 
could potentially. Not drastically, like the Doctor dies, but yeah, like he won't show a regeneration. Well, we should. I think we should probably touch on Comic Con. Let's do it. Did you watch it all? Uh, bits. What did you think? Dragged out. I mean, they didn't say much of anything, really. No, uh, they weren't going to anyway. No, they, they didn't expect them to. Well, they haven't. They haven't finished filming. Really, I didn't yeah, know that. They Christ, filming. what? What's that? Yeah, better crack on. Whether well, I mean, I think the final part's come out twenty twenty two August, isn't it? Yeah. So Christ, it's going to be six. Yet. It's going to be six episodes this yeah. year. I thought it was eight, but followed they... by three specials or four specials next year. Right, but the last one's going to be a big one, isn't it? I would Apparently, have so, yeah. yeah. So, uh, they well, didn't... I saw the trailer. Yeah, the, the teaser. Yeah, it's good that it still looks fucking amazing. Yeah, it looks great. Very CGI heavy. Yeah, but it still looks great. Yeah, which I'm happy about. But what do you think of the trailer? Though? Um, I mean, it's short, but well, it was a teaser trailer, wasn't it? Yeah. The full one will probably come out. I think we're meant to assume it starts Halloween, is when it's coming out. Because the first the full epi- trailer or the first episode. The first episode. Oh Christ! Well, wow. Yeah. Well, I suppose not really. No, not really. A couple months, isn't it? September probably. Yeah. Shit. You know, it's when the full trailer will come out. Mm. There was no reveals of anything, really. No. Well, I mean, you got that extra character. Yeah. Um. So the the guest. Did they? Well, you you said. Oh, say about the guest first. So you said something interesting to me. It was. It was announced as a special guest, wasn't it? Yeah. Very special guest. Let <laughs> me find the exact. Let me find the wording that it said. So it was advertised. Panelists: Jodie Whittaker, Mandip Gill, John Bishop, with Chris Chibnall, and a very special surprise guest. Yeah. I don't want to be one of those, but I have no idea who he is. Um, he's in Game of Thrones. He is. He's um, he's not a massive character in Game of Thrones, but I, I mean, he plays a pretty big part in it. Um, he's been in all this stuff, I think. I've, I only know him from Game of Thrones. So. Oh, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to just be a dick. I don't know who no, he is. Yeah, I, I, like I, I wouldn't I, if I hadn't seen Game of Thrones. No, I have no idea. I don't know who he is. And in Game of Thrones, he plays someone who is very reserved. Uh, and it is is a soldier of a very elite army, so he's trained to not show emotion. So I have no idea what how he actually like is supposed to act in emotional roles or just like normal character. Right, no idea. Well, he's playing a character called Vinda. Vinda. Um, that's all we know. <laughs> oh, we got that photo of him. Looks yeah, in right. costume. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're definitely getting old monsters. Okay. Any um, inclination of what? Well, two have been leaked. Dalek. No. No. Um, so, spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, Sontarans. Sontarha. Sontarha. <sighs> I don't mean to piss uh, you off. And the Weeping Angels. Right. You didn't. That was not really a spoiler, is it? <coughs> it's just okay. Well. Uh, it's just because photos have been seen of them yeah. doing that. The Weak Angels hasn't been seen in a while. No, they? and I don't know whether we're to... Matt as- Smith. I think... Well, the Weeping Angels are Stephen Moffat's baby. Ugh. 
So are we to assume that he's writing the Weeping Angel stories? I hope so, because he it, Moffat is good at writing just one-off stories. It's very... Well, it hasn't happened really in New Who where the showrunner comes... A previous showrunner comes yeah. back to write for the new showrunner. Did that happen in Old Who? Yeah, a couple of times. Oh, Robert okay. Holmes wrote Caves of Androzani after. You know? Oh, okay. So it, it has been known, but I, I find that very hard to believe um so we're getting the one story arc i think this is a very good decision very good decision i think it's a good idea for chris yeah yeah that's what i mean not for who but for chris the showrunner i think it runs a risk of if you're not interested by the first episode you will have a horrendous dip in... It does, but remember what Ben said, where he would get to halfway through the series and stop because of filler episodes. That technically means filler episodes are dead in this new series because that storyline... If he he does double down to that one story, and if it's strong, there's a higher chance that you will watch it till the end, which is a good thing because these filler episodes are dire. I will say, I think it's a great idea. I do. I think it's a, yeah. I think it's a great idea for the program to do. Mm-hmm. Would you like to see it return after Chibbers? Or personally, I wouldn't. Only okay. because for me, I don't like that sort of thing. It's the thing yeah. that puts me off Marvel and things like that. I, I suppose it's most shows, isn't it? It's the th- that running story for Stranger Things is the one for me, where so the idea is great. Yeah. But I just get so bored. Oh my god, I was the same. I, I get really bored it. by it. Awful. Just because I, oh, I need that resolve. Yeah. And the cliffhangers aren't cliffhangery enough to make me think, oh god. Oh, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just bores me. Yeah. And having that fresh new thing that, you know, you don't know what to expect. Uh, yeah. Every week's quite nice. And it's just... I think it'll work. I think it'll I work for too. Doctor Who. Yeah. Because it's just how everything is now. Everything does that. Yeah. Where they just bring out a series, mm. chuck it all online, and you just watch it. Yeah. It's just... And it could be a hybrid. It doesn't have to delve, like, double down into that one story. It could... Um, it could make more use of that overarching plot Giant Moffat yeah. did and Russell did. Yeah, and Chibbers did. It's to use it more and have it be a much bigger influence in episodes, but yet have a different setting and monsters in each, you know, one where they might have to. Okay, we need to get to this location to this one thing in particular, but oh, this is the obstacle. This is the monster. Now, now we've done that. Yeah, um, I mean, we need to this component to fix this for the same overarching story, but we need to go to this place. It's uh, the thing is, is how loose is the arc? For that, that you've had the key to time in Old Who. Yeah. Where you've had a selection of stories that build up to finding the pieces to this key to time mm. for it to resolve. You've had the trial of a Time Lord where you've got effectively three separate stories that build up mm. this trial of a Time Lord thing. Which I think is a risky thing to do in Old Who. In yeah, classic Who. Uh, and it didn't work. So, ah, okay. Because you can only watch it once. Once you've watched it, that's it. Joe, if you're watching it every week. Yeah. It's not like today where you can just start again whenever you want. I just think it runs the risk of, especially with idiots like the 
YouTuber that we discussed. Yeah. If the first two episodes don't grab them, and I think even f- even for like somebody like me, obviously I'll watch it all mm. because it's Doctor Who. Yeah. But I think the average watcher, if they're uninterested by the first two episodes, yeah, well, I mean, they won't carry on. Some people are just interested to see the new Doctor, uh, see what they're like. Yeah. That's it. That's they yeah. the toe in for five minutes and that's it. Come. And then, well, then the year after, so 2022, we're going to be getting a load of specials in the lead up to the regeneration. I'm guessing this is similar to Tenant's specials. Probably. Okay. It'll probably be Easter. Yeah. And, you know, bits and pieces like that. Uh, it's, it's awkward. I don't like it when they do the specials. It, it does just feel awkward. It's awkward to watch. It's very start-stop. Yeah, yeah. And I will say, on the subject of the showrunner, I... Do not envy them whatsoever for having to be the showrunner, mm. but even more so, you're, congratulations, you're the showrunner of Doctor Who. By the way, this year's the 60th anniversary, what are you going to do? Fuck me. 2023. Congratulations, How would Mr. You, Jones. What would you write? You're sitting at a desk now, you write the 60th fucking anniversary story now. Personally... What a daunting task. As the thought... For what would I do... It, say, I, say I'm the BBC. Mm. I would hire two showrunners to work together. Brilliant idea. Yeah. I think it's way too much. As much as way I'm not a massive fan of Chibnall's writing, Yeah, I don't think he's done a terrible job with Doctor Who. But that's a lot of stress for one. And it's all on the shoulders of him. Yeah. I think two Does people. Does anyone be... trust him to do it? Well, yeah, Probably they must not. do because they would have sacked him. Well, yeah, that's true. Well, it's a contract. Well, I suppose in the contract they you can sack him. Yeah, well, you could, yeah. Well, there's some wiggle room there. I just I think what two showrunners is a lot safer. Mm. Get somebody like I don't know. Even bring somebody else back. I think for the right amount of money, you could probably get Russell, or you could probably get Stephen Moffat to come back. Rightly or wrongly, I I wouldn't choose the, either of those two to come back. Straight off the bat, I only talk about this quickly, but I think I would continue the story from the 50th. Yeah. Not anything to the Zygons, but maybe start off in that art museum with Tom Baker. Yeah. And sort of try and find a story, you know, that spans from that. Like more to do with what that place actually means, uh, because that's been up for debate since 50th came out. Yeah, um, I honestly wouldn't worry about it too much though, because at this point it's just fan service, it's a celebration of Doctor Who. Yeah, I you're mean, you're not looking yeah. for a riveting good story, you're looking for because 50th wasn't a riveting good story, but it was it was just a celebration of Doctor Who. And yeah. fo- when it didn't focus on that, when it focused on the story. It was its weakest aspect. It was the Zygons and stuff. No one gave a shit. Mm. Um, but this fan servicey stuff was the best bit. So, as for predictions for what's going to happen, yeah, we know there's returning old monsters. Yes, it's been said a lot. Yes, and in the Comic Con panel, when they were asked for one word to describe the next series, yeah, Chibnall said swarm. Swarm. So, a lot of people have thought instantly 
oh my god, Ark in Space, and you know yeah. the thought of classic things that have. I think the Swarm is more likely to be. There's that little clip of those like little droney flying things with a green background. Yeah, Toclophane. As for the... Uh, what do I think is going to happen in season 13? I think we're going to get a fractured timeline that means that the monsters can come back. Monsters? Yeah, so there's, there's returning monsters, isn't there? So I would suspect there's in the teaser trailer there's quite a lot of... Um, uh, I suppose Egyptian-y looking buildings. Yeah, I would suppose that it could be possible that Sutek is coming back. Sutek, who's that? From the Pyramids of Mars, a Tom Baker story. But then again, what do they mean by old monsters? Uh, I think old, you might be onto something with the fractured time thing uh, in the tra- in the teaser trailer. Yeah, they look like they're completely like out of control, like they have no control of what they're doing. I'd, I think there's two possibilities. I think the fractured timeline will be uh, something's not working, so they've got to jump between stuff to sort of bring it back together, or it's going to be the Doctor has to relive past adventures to fix shit. So they're going to get old monsters back by doing that. By they have to go back and do we something. Just have to. Um. So yeah, I think almost definitely Missy will be back. Missy. Yeah. Why? This might be a hunch, but Jody said something in the Comic Con panel. Yeah. Where she said something like. She's such a good actor, and then immediately changed it to was. And then with the new character, the... I can't think what his name is. What is his name? I don't know his name. The Game of Thrones guy, though. Vinder. Vinder, when they interviewed him, or when they had that little clip of him that he pre-recorded, he said, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. He said, sorry, I mean, from the bottom of my hearts. So he's a Time Lord. So there's a there's a bit of a theory that it's Romana that's come back. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Right, so we're taking a lot from the Tom Baker era then. Just because Vinda is in Romana's <clears throat> full name. Well, would Chibbers have grown up during the Tom Baker era? Yes. Right. Okay. The late Tom Baker era. So it sort of makes... Uh, you know when I said that uh, Vinda was in uh, Romana's full name? It yeah. isn't. Okay. Yeah, it isn't. I don't know why I had that in my head. It's not. It's Romana Advor... Romana <laughs> Advoratralunda. Vinda. Vinda is what I'm getting from that. Um. So, yeah. That's bullshit. But it's definitely a Time Lord. It will be. Well, he said he's got two hearts. It just, it, it just won't be. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I would have thought... There's been some pictures of filming that would make me assume that maybe Draconians, the big... The, the thing from Armageddon Factor. I can't remember what it was. Shadow... 
something. I just... I get very wary whenever they say there's stuff from old Who coming back. Because... And they say that every series, though. <sighs> yeah, but it just sort of... It, ne- it never really is, is it? Because the, you just alienate half your audience who's never seen old yeah. Who. So it's like people are like, well, who the fuck's this? Pretty crude way of doing it, isn't it? It's... It's a fan wank, yeah, and fan it works wank. for that, but... Not for the other side, though. It's Yeah, it just doesn't work. Fan wank. But the problem is, is that Doctor Who's got those established Daleks, Cybermen, Weeping Angels thing, that you've got to use them now, because they're just... They're part of the wallpaper. I hope the Cybermen go now. I just but, don't like well, them. I think they'll, they'll, they'll almost definitely return. Because they played such a big part oh, yeah. in The Timeless Child. It wouldn't surprise me if the Master doesn't come back, or Missy doesn't come back until the regeneration. Mm. Maybe the Master is on the run for all of this, and that is what they're going to be chasing. It's like, I don't know. It's so, impossible. To, you, yeah. There's no knowing of what could happen. It's fun to speculate, though, isn't it? Well, it is fun to speculate, I suppose. But it could just be that the first episode of the next series, the Master just goes, got you. It wasn't true. I was like, all right, okay, so what are we doing now? I mean, that's not going to happen. It could happen. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? It's so... It could go anywhere that it's practically impossible to do. So John Barrowman was supposed to be in this series, but he's not anymore. yeah, he's he is not in Doctor Who now, at all. No, nope, he's not in it. Right. There was a statement that was made the other day that was apparently he was just supposed to be in the New Year's special, and that was it. There right. wasn't a plan to bring him back. Okay, I was dodged a bullet there, didn't you? Well, I, f- I find that a bit hard to believe. Same. I, f- I, I really thought he was. Well, at first, he was in. Yeah. The new series. I, I really thought he was. Not like a massive role, but I thought... Well, at first, when I saw Vinda, I just immediately thought, so you're Replacing, the replacement for yeah. Barrowman. That might still be true. Uh, he could have just... When he said about the hearts thing, he could have just been playing to yeah. the Who fans of like, oh, look, yeah, I know, yeah, I know about Doctor Who. So I thank you for oh. the bottom of my hearts. Oh. It's like... It's look, so hard wank. to tell. It's so hard to tell. I, I don't know, because it it's a very, very quick turnaround, that. A bit, a bit too quick from all the stuff about John Barrowman coming out, and then suddenly you've rewritten the whole series. Yeah. You've filmed it all again. I just... I, I don't... I, I, I'm kind of le- uh, leaning towards that he, he wasn't supposed to be in a new series. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't have thought so. I'd imagine I, he would have been in it a little bit, but he's just cut those scenes I imagine out. there's going to be a lot of cameos in this. Because they've they've already said there's going to be a lot of returning people, and okay. monsters, and there's a lot of stuff coming back. Okay, but don't they say stuff like this every time they release yeah. new series? Yeah. So it's just rinse and repeat. Yeah. So just thank fuck we're down to two companions now. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't know what John Bishop will be like. I've never seen him act in anything. Well, um. I don't know if it was that YouTube band that you hate, or that I hate too, but um, people are thinking that John Bishop will be just a comic relief. 
Just the, 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 the butt of the joke. Yeah. I don't think so. <sighs> I, I don't know. I don't think he will be. It, uh, I think, yeah, maybe it's some but some jokes, but isn't every character in Doctor Who? Yeah. But... Well, I knew who, anyway. I mean, you got to admire Chris Chibnall. Do you? Well, I think so. Yeah. I think, you know, he's come to do... He's obviously come in to do that storyline that he's always wanted to tell, and he's done it. And he's thrown such a fucking spanner in the works yeah. that, you know, his balls must be massive, yeah. you know, to do it. To not even care. Yeah. He does care. Well, he, he looks like he doesn't say, care. I've even, I wrote this in my notes whilst I watched the Comic Con thing that he looked unbelievably uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, unbelievably uncomfortable. But, uh, well, well, I suppose we'll we'll see what happens. It's yeah. Well, have you got anything else you'd like to add? I don't think so. Apart from just, I think Jodie's had it rough, and I feel really bad for her. I think she's had a terrible run. Really, it's probably one of the worst in history. Only because... Ugh. I just want to give her a hug and say, you know, you, not that she needs it, but... Yeah, you just, still you do just anyway. Feel like saying, I just feel for her. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's over now. I mean, the people who criticise you aren't, you know. Yeah. No, so. I was criticising the wrong... Like, the people who are vile to you. Don't even listen to them. Yeah. They're cunts. So... As the week started, I had an idea. Rather than listening to our depressing voices, yeah, I thought, why don't we see what other people have got to say about this? Thank fuck. So I have invited... Big sigh of relief. ...a number of podcasts to contribute to mm. this. We've got some written feedback, mm. and we've got some audio feedback. Mm. So I thought we'd start with a bit of written feedback. Yeah? Hit the feedback song. Send us your feedback. 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 Let's hear what you've got to say. First bit of feedback is a bit of written feedback from Dr. Matt Barber from the Strangers in Space podcast. Matt has this to say. I enjoyed the teaser trailer. I assume another will come along with more info. But releasing one that doesn't seem to give that much information about the series is smart. It results in fans going silent silent witness slash Dan Brown on it and trying to decode it. The identity of the mystery guest was interesting. I'm not in the camp who felt it was an anticlimax. I think the news that an actor early in his career was as, was just as, if not more exciting, than if a well-known established actor was announced. I'm thinking of it being along the lines of Kerry McGullan in Blink and Andrew Garfield in the New York Dalek story, rather than Derek Jacobi. 
The most interesting thing for me about the new series is the speculation of how it's been planned, especially after the COVID lockdown. I think there are four possibilities. One, the series was planned in entirety after the forced reduction in episodes following COVID. If so, it was a quickly written series responding to the challenges and limitations of the situation. Two, the series was planned as a longer one-story series but reduced in length following COVID. So a 10-episode story was written and the content of two episodes edited out or merged into the, the remaining eight. Three, the series was originally planned as a more conventional mixture of ongoing story and one-off episodes, maybe along the lines of Series 7, with the one-offs dropped and the ongoing story expanded to create a few new episodes. 4. The series was planned as 10-episode series with one story, but the final two episodes of the arc deferred to a two-part special in the new year, maybe with a regeneration. So the eight episodes end on a cliffhanger rather than a conclusion. So I'm thinking either two or four, most likely. If I was the showrunner, I love the idea of the punchy miniseries format. Five episode stories, like Children of Earth, maybe a few, maybe a, few a year to change up the format. It's a bit of a middle-aged fan view. But I also think that Paul McGann is an underused resource of the series. If he was willing, bringing him in as a second Doctor or for a spin-off series would be an obvious thing to do. Some interesting thoughts there. Some interesting thoughts. Um, I'm already getting this idea of, uh, well, from kind of what I said. Because Matt says... uh, not showing the regeneration. The possibility of that cliffhanger that we might not get to see exactly what the next Doctor will be. Yeah, I, I, am, I do think it's just going to end on a cliffhanger. Mm. Um, maybe where the Doctor's alone again. I love when the show does that. Stolen Earth. Yeah. Even when he's got all the whole family. But the episode yeah. prior to that, he's completely alone. Mm. No one with him. Oh. And at, actually, after... After that, with the whole family, they all go their separate ways. Mickey and Martha get married, stuff like that. Yeah. And he's just left alone to regenerate. Uh, I do love the ten of ten. Anyway. But yeah, I, 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 I think Matt's onto something there. I think he is. I think he is. He's written a book as well. He's written a book? He has. Well, so he says. Well, I don't, I don't even know if I've actually heard him say that. I don't think he's ever mentioned it. But a book could be on the table. What well, kind of book? I think it's just speculation. I'm sure somebody said it's like something to do with like the demons or something. Demons of what? From Doctor Who. I don't oh, okay. Shall I read the next one? Go on then. This is from Ian from All of Time and Space podcast. If I was showrunner right now, I'd be looking to continue the current storyline about the Doctor having pre-Hartnell lives. Whether or not it ultimately turns out to be true or just a very elaborate scheme by the Time Lords to trick the current Doctor into helping out in some endeavour or other. I'd use a wider pool of writers and more cheaply made two-parters to try to increase the length of each series back to 12 episodes if possible. I'd also personally be keen to bring back the Valyard. 
but without explicit reference to Trial of a Time Lord. Because I think he was a great idea, utterly wasted by the production team of season 23. I would like to see the Doctor have a few more hero moments. Jodie seems to be undeserved in this department. And for Yaz to be fleshed out a bit more. I'd bring back some traditional kinds of monsters and invasions and try for a more season 17 air of humour from time to time. I'd also aim to produce a series that felt less ITV and more BBC. The teaser trailer looked like a degree of fun. I liked the Doctor introducing Yaz and Dan by pointing over her shoulders and I smirked at Yaz's cheery higher as Dan plummeted into the subterranean chamber behind her. Fuck me. Didn't go wrong though, did I? You didn't. It's pretty good that, isn't it? Well done. Alright. It looks as if it could be quite epic. <laughs> and doubtless... It shout that, and doubtless it will have much to delight fans of Chibnall's style of Doctor Who. I predict no generation, no conclusions to the ongoing story arc, and hopefully no more John Barrowman. This looks set to continue the fun over fan wank bias of the current era. Hope that's worth the facial bother of reading aloud. Love, Ian. With a little kiss. Yeah. Thanks, Ian. Thank you, Ian. So again, we're dealing with prediction where there is no real conclusion it's just like a bit of a cliffhanger with no regeneration mm. I'm glad I'm not the only one because I just feel like that's the way Chibnall will want it to go Like so he can I, feel I, comfortable I, that series uh, 11 to 13 are his yeah I would have thought he will leave it vague enough that it, people can wreck on it if they're not happy with it yeah like I've, I've probably got the, I think I've got the feeling where he doesn't really care. Obviously, he cares about what he's doing. Mm. But if somebody wants to just say it never happened, yeah, we'll do it. Or maybe the BBC's force in his hand. Yeah, maybe. Don't know. Don't know. And but thank Ian, you, Ian. Hopefully, no more John Barrowman. <sighs> I don't think he's coming back. He's not coming back. There's I wonder no if way. they'll stop the sale of the new year special on Blu-ray. Interesting. No. no. Right, should we do a bit of audio and then get back to, to break some up. more written? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so our first bit of audio feedback comes from a listener. Hey, Here's a bit of audio feedback from long-time listener Keith Say. Yay! Hello, this is Keith. Thanks for the invitation to pontificate. As for the trailer, I thought it looked quite pretty. Um, it didn't reveal anything as usual, and I think... Possibly that's a little bit of a mistake these days because I've had enigmatic trailers before and it's not exactly um, encouraged the audience particularly. But um, I think they look good. So uh, nice to see the new characters moving at least. <laughs> As for predictions for the future, I think we've seen a few spoiler photos which I won't talk about here because it wouldn't be fair on people avoiding spoilers. I suspect the Master might be back at some point. Maybe the Fugitive Doctor might be back at some point because I think they've been the um, the standout hits from Chibnall's era so far. I like the idea of the ongoing storyline. I think that's could be uh, a bit different in this uh, days of binge watching and box sets. It's it's probably quite good to uh, play to the current zeitgeist and also give um, the chance for something a bit more epic in the uh, Doctor Who storytelling front. I still cling to the idea that they're possibly in an alternate universe where um, 
when the TARDIS exploded at the start and she fell, that she sort of entered a new universe, hence the change of continuity and everything. I'm not terribly wedded to that. I'm not really um, that fussed about what the Doctor's origins are. So, uh, But it would be a sort of a, a good um, let-out for any sh- future showrunner who wasn't so keen. And in terms of being a future showrunner, why would anybody want to do that? It would be a horrible job. You need to have such a thin... Uh, thick skin rather to uh, to do that because whatever you did you'd alienate at least half the audience <laughs> so uh, no I wouldn't want to be the next showrunner I think I would be seriously terrible at it but on the idea of the alternate universe one thing they could do if I was showrunner for the anniversary year was maybe remake the missing stories that way the um, the doctor could find herself in, st- um, in the missing stories so they could be brought back to life again but in doing so, she'd realise she's in an alternative universe where she has where the Doctor Baby never existed or in her form. And therefore, she still has to relive her old adventures. Might be quite jolly for an anniversary, but maybe a bit redundant, really, because you're just asking people to re, um, to watch what some of them will have witnessed before or heard before. But uh, could be a good way to bring the old stories back. A little redundant again in the days now we've got these wonderful animations coming out. So, I hope that's all right. I hope you have fun doing your podcast, and we will see what season 13 is when it happens. Okay, bye now. Why doesn't Keith do his own podcast? I know, yeah. Like, why not? Keith, you need to have your own podcast. We've made that decision for you. For you. (laughs) (laughs) I like the idea of the, the missing stories being redone. But like Keith, I think I agree that it's... You're just sort of, you're forcing people to just watch stuff that's already happened. When he says redone, what? Um, the missing stories to be redone, like. With new, in New Who? Yeah. Or, like, just nick that story and put no, it in New Who? No, Old Who will redo New Who stories with all of the actors that are dead. They'll get them all back together to do New Who stories. No, I didn't mean like that. You know, I didn't mean, I meant, are they going to try and replicate that old Who episode, yes. or are they going to steal that story I don't and know. replace I, it with the characters? Keith? So replace it with the cat, right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot they could do while it's on hi- hiatus, which I, I do think will happen after season 13. I they At least for to, a year. They'll God. have to do something for the 60th, I think. And I th- uh, yeah. That's, I after that's that, already... In yeah, it's probably been in development since yeah. after the fiftieth, but um, I think after the sixtieth, put the brakes on. I think they're going to put the brakes on. I do. Uh, I don't know. I really don't. Not know. Not that much, but just no. a little bit. Maybe a special every year or something. Yeah. Maybe it might transition to a New Year special every year where it's a different doctor. Oh, maybe. That's strange, isn't it? Maybe. So we're going to do another audio one. Let's do another audio one. Right. Let's take a dive now into a lovely podcast. This is the My Adventure in Space and Time podcast. It's Shona, who has guests on every every time they have an episode to do a rewatch of Who. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. And she is joined by her semi-regular guest, Caroline. Let's have a listen. Hello, who can convince you? This is Shona, the host of My Adventure in Space and Time, and I'm here with semi-regular guest and social media extraordinaire. What are you? 
Caroline. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, but we're here. We're going to talk about um, some stuff that Harry and Luke have brought to our attention, like yeah. the teaser trailer, uh, first of all. Yeah, thoughts on the teaser trailer? I mean, we literally just said how teasery it is and how there's not yeah. really a lot to unpack, but... Yeah, but first of all, I just feel like we've been waiting for so long for something. I feel like it's ages since, yeah. maybe just because we've had a lockdown in the middle of all this, but I feel like it's been, even since the Christmas episode, Yeah, I feel it's been a long time since we've had anything to go on. No scraps of information. Yeah. yeah. I was just excited there was something, yeah, for sure. I was like, <laughs> give me that content, yum, yum, yum. Uh, yeah, and do you have any predictions for season 13? I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. As I say, there's not a huge amount that's um, been given away, I don't think. Yeah. But I am definitely on the side of being quite keen on the fact that it is one big story all the way through the series rather than yeah. separate episodes, which... Yeah may or may not I'm quite in the, it's Chibnall um and I know his writing hasn't been necessarily very popular with a lot of people maybe feel like it's not had as much bite to it and as much to get into I'm interested if this might suit him better because mm. I was so hooked on when you think about like the three series of Broadchurch yeah I was obsessed you're and so really right. that was one story from start to finish in like little episodes. So I'm wondering if this might be like a little bit more meaty and he might, this might really be his style. I think that is such a good point. Yeah, he's such a good drama guy. Um, I, I think you're right. I think it could potentially be, a, yeah, like time for him to shine. Uh, but I'm, I'm keen for that anyway. I like one big story. I think it's going to be good. Some of these sort of more recent series, I think, have maybe missed out stuff that the sort of the earlier stuff had of, of New Who, if that makes sense, of like having a you know like the bad wolf thread running all the way through and the sort of Clara mystery girl thing. And I feel like that died out a little bit. There was little bits and pieces to it, but I feel like that's not been as prevalent in the last couple of series. So yeah, I think they that tried might be something to hold on to. I mean, they sort of did that a little last series. It was still kind of nice to have to have that again, but it was very much bookended. I wouldn't say it was like, uh, oh, well, I don't know. There was Speech of the Judah. Maybe I'm being unfair to season 12 there, actually, because you did have... Yeah, I mean, there was little bits of the sort of timeless child I know was kind of threaded through as well, but I don't know, maybe there wasn't as much focus on it. Yeah. Maybe I'm being super picky. I think, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that has been more of a thing with Jodie's run, with Chibnall and Jodie's run, is is the idea of these um, isolated, they're, they're quite isolated, the stories. And I've really liked that yeah. at times as well, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what they'll do with this new, this new form of it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Comparatively, yeah. when you're thinking about a whole series now, which are like 45, 50 minute episodes. Yeah, yeah a lot longer of story to fill and I guess, I'm just kind of praying that it's not a series of filler when oh, they drag yeah. it out. I want it oh, to be like really oh. gripping and like as I say going back to like the Broadchurch writing if mm. there's like little nuggets all the time that you went oh there's that and you're trying to notice everything because that was what I really loved about the writing of those series because yeah. there was things yeah. that were total red herrings as well and you know when you start picking up on little things that you've seen and go oh maybe that's a clue and it's not and then there's other things that were and you totally didn't pick up on them and you're so that right. That would be really right. fun if we get a lot of that. Yeah, if it's only like it's only like six episodes, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right. So if it's only six episodes, I want I want non-stop content. Yeah, I don't want <laughs> I don't want 
I oh, killer, no killer. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I want, yeah, I, I'm not meaning that that mean, means it needs to be action, action. I mean, if it's not action, then it's an important character moment. Like, I, that's what I would really like. If it's yeah. like really tight, because um, I don't mind if it's, it's a shame that it's only six episodes because, you know, it's just less time overall watching Doctor Who. But if it is going to be six episodes, then let it be really tight. Let it be like, let every moment matter. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Make it worthwhile. Sure. And, Okay, so the next thing they wanted us to chat about, which I think is the fun stuff, right, is what we would do if we were the showrunners of Doctor Who. Now, I want to mention also that when um, Harry first put this to me, it was before we had the brand new news about Chibnall and Jodie Whittaker stepping down. So I think, I've got a feeling that either... Harry and Luke are psychic or they're inside agents or it's, I mean, in reality, it's just that a lot of rumors have been flying around for a while, I guess. So it's like, yeah, I guess people are just thinking about it. But That's it was, not as magic though. I it was kind of spooky. Along the lines of somebody's got the powers. <laughs> yeah. They've been asked yesterday and then this. <laughs> yeah. Suspicious. Hmm. It was spooky. Yeah. So the first thing that came to my head was, and actually ha- having thought about it for a couple of days now, I'm like, this sounds insane. But um, my first thought was, I kind of love that Chibnall had the balls to do the Timeless Child. Like, I kind of love that. Like, if you can just imagine being the showrunner of something like Doctor Who, which has this vast history and is this massive, kind has this huge place in popular culture in Britain, nay, the world, and you are in a position where you can do anything with it. And there's all these people like hanging on every little detail that you're going to do. And I feel like I I know, like, the Timeless Child isn't for everyone, right? And I think there's lots of reasons to like it or dislike it, like, fine. But I kind of love that he was just like, take this. (laughs) I just (laughs) saw like threw this banner into the middle of fandom and just then just kind of walked away like, my work here is done. <laughs> yeah, he just launched a grenade. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh from my a God. great height, I think. But He pulled but out the pen, he threw child. it over his shoulder, and he was like, well... <laughs> <laughs> I love I it. There's bits of that episode that are really good, and you're like, oh, is this... And the amount of discussion about whether or not you know the other doctor that turned up was canon or whether that yeah. was legit and there was lots of lovely nitty gritty stuff and then on the flip side of that as well as having pulled out all these little details and tried to tie that all in also just went also cybermen but they're also time lords with stupid hats on and everyone went sorry what no now <laughs> you are pushing your creative license here like, what are you doing it's like chris i look I've been with you all the way, buddy. I've been really, I've been really trying to like take on everything you're giving me. But <laughs> yeah, oh, I wonder if he. I'd still feel like he might have had bets on. Just like watch this, watch this. I better get away with this. Watch this. Yeah. But yeah, what what are they gonna do? I'm the showrunner, baby. Um, <laughs> so that's that's what. So in in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'd love to do some of that. And I was also thinking about now. Do you remember? during lockdown all that lovely lockdown content all those short stories and everything and the one that rtd did mm-hmm. with um novice Haim, our favorite cat nun and she says some line like all of all the men 
and women and animals that had taken that name. <laughs> it's like, hold up, hold up. Wait, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and right, so you tell me the doctor was an animal before, and I love that Russell T. Davis just for this little lockdown project was just like, <laughs> take this. Like that's so funny to me that oh, I think because he's not in charge. Oh, yeah. he's almost done it for the same reasons as just going, I'm not even in charge of this baby, so I'm going to just put this in and then leave it to whoever is in charge to have to explain this away. Admittedly, <laughs> Who you're right. can get away with the most bullshit. <laughs> yeah, at least, yeah, you're so right, because at least if you're the showrunner, you have to then deal with all the people going, hey, what do you mean? Blah, blah, blah. But yeah. <laughs> C.T. Davis, he's been out for years, and he's like, ah, enjoy it. He's, <laughs> enjoy he's, he's just retired, having lit that flame. <laughs> Oh, good. Oh, it's so funny. Uh, so that's my my instinct is to to sort of cause some chaos. <laughs> weirdly, um, you'd be an absolute stutter. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm sorry. What uh, it in in this hypothetical world where you're the showrunner and you can do anything with Doctor Who? What are you going to do? I don't know. I mean, I'm. I know you've had a bit of time to think about this. I've had. No, this I'm just springing this on. on me this one a little bit. So I really don't know. Mm. I know what you and, would do. Yeah, you'd I'd be put bringing Daleks back. in every episode, but I'd probably be shot. Well, that's what I was. That's what I was going to say. Yours would be like you do a six series, spe- a six episode special that was all Dalek related. But actually, what I was going to say was that you would bring back the special weapons Dalek. Like first thing on the list would be yeah, that. Yeah, he'd be yeah. quite far up. You'd be like, these are my terms. Number one, <laughs> the special weapons Dalek, please. I think like they have featured in episodes, but. In that, I mean, you don't even really see an awful lot of them having any major part in a story. They just sort of turn up, blow shit up and leave in the background. And I think maybe they should have their own story. Yeah. Um, but I mean, a lot of nice stuff's been done with the dad. There's further on, and again, it's one of these ones, I'm not sure if the full thing is still available or not. But there's ones of um, when the Doctor has ma- managed to get some sort of empty shell ones and reprogrammed them. And had them as like the and he named them like Alpha, Beta, and Omega, and then they end up like being little pets and they're like little children. What? Um, sorry, the super fans have all gone. Oh, I know what you're talking about, and everyone else has just glazed over now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he had like little three little baby ones that he kind of like just reprogrammed and started them from scratch. I'd love to do something else silly like that. Yeah. Or maybe flip the perspective a little bit. I've often thought as well of like we always see sort of like the Doctor stumbling upon creatures or things maybe do it the other way around <gasps> like have it from the perspective of a villain thing uh-huh. and being like the doctor keeps turning up and pissing them off and ruining their day in a lot of ways do you know what i mean yeah kind of like um they go into a, a, there's never been yeah you're right there's a, mm, there possibly has been a story that i've just forgotten about but i feel like there's never really been a story that's really committed to that but they do yeah. touch on it and say like a good man goes to war um, yeah, stuff like that. I even think, you know, I'm thinking about like your sort of vampires of Venice as well, where they're like, oh, you know, we, they've inhabited this planet because their own planet is dead, and actually, some they killed them, and the time war was involved in that. Because that little yeah. theme of like the time war destroying where they were was a thing. So I don't know. It would just be really interesting to see maybe like bits of time war or something from another yeah species sort of perspective. Maybe I think that's a really cool idea. Even I'm now thinking about. I mean, there's a little bit of that even in sort of your Peter K episode, bless him, and his... Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> because that was... But again, that wasn't quite done from the villain's point of view, but that was done 
from an outsider character point of view yeah Yeah. it was still done from an outsider point of view so i suppose there's been little touches of that but yeah Yeah, i feel like we haven't done that in a while because yeah yeah another good example of course is blink that's from not yeah yeah not from the doctors from sort of hunters yeah Yeah. cool Um, so I'm gonna. Like, I'm gonna be so annoyed because I'm gonna come up with something really good at like three o'clock in the morning. I'll be like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna do that when I'm in charge." And I thought, when I'm, I'm in charge, charge. <laughs> literally when, not if. When, when, listen, when I'm running the show, <laughs> this is what's gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> I think your answer was a lot better than mine, which was, "I'm gonna press that big red button that should never ever be pressed." <laughs> um, yeah. Dear, dear. <laughs> Going all hitchhikers. Please do not press this button again. <laughs> Terrible. Um, would you ever do a crossover? Do you think? Do you think Doctor Who can work as a crossover? I don't know. I just think it's one of these things. For me, it, it, it's its own little world. Yeah. And the same with you know any other, particularly sci-fi and particularly British sci-fi, is it's got such a culture. Yeah. Like such a close-knit culture that I think people would be pissed off if you started doing it because it would it would all feel a bit novelty and a bit tacky and then people would get all oh, it's not canon and mm. yeah because it would need to like tonally work as well because I know a lot of people their favorite I don't know their favorite one to speculate would be a Star Trek and sorry there's a very loud boiler near me it would be a Star Trek and Doctor Who crossover but. I just they're so tonally different that yeah. I just can't see how that could possibly work. Yeah. But the only time I can picture this happening, and again, apologies if you're not like a British listener and this makes no sense, but you know, like your sort of comic relief type things, or like mm. your, you know, when they used to do fun skit, like as a laugh. Yeah. You know, yeah. stuff like that's fun because it's sort laugh. of slightly yeah. out with the canon and it's for charity and it's a bit of a laugh. But as a serious thing, no. Even as somebody who likes a lot of these sci-fi things like your hitchhikers your star trek as well i feel like i would be a bit comfortable with it yeah do you know what i mean just going oh oh no do you know yeah don't 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 do that that's embarrassing you know? yeah it's kind of weird yeah well i'm gonna round up by saying um that this was really fun because we don't normally get to this is my really um really good segue into plugging the podcast um we don't normally get to talk about no no (laughs) um we don't usually get to talk that much about current doctor who stuff because the premise the premise of my adventure in space and time and which is the podcast we both do is about a new who fan me going through the classic series for the first time so we are always covering classic stories um and talking quite a bit about new who as well but you know mostly talking about the classic series and yeah, if anyone wants to check that out, we are on the Sensorite. So we're right at the end of Hartnell's first season at the moment, but we're going to keep on going in order, uh, presumably, until the Eighth Doctor. Um, I don't know if if it survives that long. If I if I keep my my sanity that long, yeah. <laughs> I think that's everything. All right, thanks. Thanks, Harry. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, who can... Yeah, can thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Um, I wonder what this will sound like. Hooray! Bye! <laughs> wow, so we got a lot to unpack there. That was great. I think I'm on Team Caroline with a special weapons, Dalek. What? I'm on it back. You haven't met the special weapons, Dalek, yet. You will do.
Oh, you, in New Who? Agree. No, in Old Who. Needs bringing back. It's a yeah. big fuck off Dalek. Yeah, it does. Shall I get you a picture? Yeah. Is it the tank thing? Yeah, it's the army one. Yeah. Why do you want that bringing back? I just think it's a great design. Something a bit different in it. Oh, on the subject of uh, crossovers, what do you think about that? I think I agree that it's it's tacky. You think it's very tacky? Yes. I'm trying to think of a time when it wasn't. Well, it's just one of those, uh, and I think uh, I especially agree with the whole British thing. Yeah. That just because it's sort of it's ours. It's our thing. It's not new mores. No, well... Well, it tends to be the case that I think some it, it, producers in America decide that it's a good idea to reboot a, ser- a British series. Like an American That happens version, a lot, doesn't it? And it's almost always terrible. Sometimes it's good, like Mad Dogs did it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. don't know if you've seen it. I think, yeah. I think it's potentially better than the UK one. Yeah. Um... Struggling to think of any more now. There, you know, there are a few more examples, yeah. but majority. I, I think Shameless US is apparently supposed to be pretty good. Don't know. I think I generally disagree, though. I, I, it would be an awful idea to do a crossover uh, with who, like Star Trek <sighs> and stuff. Yeah, or the Marvel. I don't know. It just awful. Scooby Doo. Uh, yeah. Oh, Scooby Doo, get them all. Who? Yeah. Um, it's it's it. You do crossovers when you need audience. Yes. It's a so good attention grabber, isn't it? Yeah, you try and... Co- like uh, Simpsons and Family Guy did it. Yeah. Try and combine audiences, and it just, it's just tacky. I agree with what Shauna said about the big red button. It's like Chibnall had that big red button, and he just pressed it. He's like, right, fuck fandom, I'll, I'll just do what I, I want to do. He sat on it, and I was trying to yeah. scramble out of it. Chibnall! <laughs> but, yeah. But... Uh, amazing. Thank you so much for for the uh, for the audio. Yeah, thanks very much. It was awesome. Should we do a bit more written? Yep. Okay. Let's do it. So the good chaps, Rob and Liam, or Liam and Rob, they might have an argument about that, uh, from the Cloisterbell podcast have sent us in some written feedback. Shall I be Liam? I'll be Rob. So Liam has this to say. If I were somehow given both the brilliant opportunity, yet poisoned chalice of running Doctor Who, first thing I would do would be to return to a full series of 13 episodes with each episode lasting a full hour. I know they are beloved, but I wouldn't bother with the Christmas New Year specials. I would structure the series so there would be a variety of single-episode adventures and multi-episode stories, with the series ending on a three-episode spectacular. I would dramatically limit the return of classic monsters, wanting more original one-off threats to give the given you un- fucking hell to give a unique flavour and experience to each adventure. I would want the stories to have a sense of intrigue, atmosphere and threat and within the realms of what's acceptable for the show. Genuine horror with the series presenting us with psychological horror and body horror. I would also want a real sense of place wherever the TARDIS arrives so we can get a sense of awe and amazement of the vari- of the of the various cultures and locations we could be presented with. After three years, I would then have the Daleks return so it would feel special and present a two-part story near the start of the series where the Daleks are not defeated. That would be a shock and reinstate their threat. I would then have them return for the series climax where the Doctor is then able to defeat them, but only at the risk of his or her life then regenerating. 
I like that idea. I like it. I'd drag it out even more. Yeah. I'd drag it out to the... Oh. You like that, Alex, do you? Yeah. Take this. I'd literally make them a horrible, horrible villain. Yeah. Where they'll always, they'll always go one step ahead of just beating the Doctor. Mm. Like, right, failed once. All right, they go away. Next time, they kill the companion. Shit. Mm. Next time. Doctor's half dead and they get away and they like destroy a planet or something. Next time, Doctor finally does defeat him. Yeah, I drag it out a little bit. Yeah. Drag it out a little bit. I'll just, I'll be, just fin- be, okay. I'll just finish. In general fucking hell. In general in general, I would have no major exploration. Hmm. In general, I would have no major exploration of the TARDIS. It is a device to simply throw us into the story. It would be the Doctor with just one companion. There would be no mention of the Time Lords and Gallifrey, nor would we travel, travel there. Nor would we travel there. A complete embargo on all things Time Lord. The series would mostly focus on the sci-fi adventure, but I would have a few historical adventures thrown in, but pure historical, akin to the Hartnell era. In terms of the trailer, I can only say I'm underwhelmed. Now, I've got to say... I really, really don't like it when they go to the Time Lords planet, Gallifrey. It's so boring. I get nothing from it. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Liam brought up, up the uh, the body horror thing. Well, the horror aspect again. Yeah. I think Doctor Who does need to be scary again. Mm. I think that's what uh, Ben's favourite thing is as well. Yeah. But, uh, well, his favourite episode is Blink. Yeah. That was always horrific when I... All right. <laughs> Leave him alone. He'll be able to defend himself when he's here. Rob. (laughs) Who? Rob says, First order of business, I'd want a nice, clean slate narrative-wise to have all the time of child stuff all wrapped up. I actually like Liam's idea and maybe I could produce an anthology of stories in the gap year before his show starts. What I'd actually love to do, though, is to bring back a classic Doctor for a bunch of specials. I think Tom Baker and Davison already had a good run, so I'd love to bring back one-off, if not all, Colin, Sylvester or Paul. Also, I'd promote the hell out of it. Have Paul McGann on the side of every bus with the slogan, he's back and it's about bloody time. Hashtag carrot juice on all the bus stops. (laughs) What does that mean? Uh, Colin Baker reference. I won't get it. You don't get that, do you? <clears throat> Story-wise, some pure historical... Fuck. Story-wise, some pure historicals with no aliens will be interesting. I thought the Series 13 teaser trailer was pretty unremarkable. No surprises or intriguing stuff. By Series 13 predictions, more timeless child stuff, which I'd like to see and have it all wrapped up before the next era of the show. Average stories and poor characterization. I hope the Cloister Bell turns out to be the big bad villain. Good promotion. Oh, that's true. Um, a lot... What well, all these comments are saying, all this feedback is saying, Timeless Child, go. <laughs> what <have> you eating? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, well... I do agree with bringing, maybe bringing back some Doctors. You could probably get McCoy to come back, and he sort of looks similar. He did for the box set um, trailer. 
I'll let McCoy to come back. Yeah. Uh, Paul McGann, again. That's the second sort of, yeah. you know, nod towards that. He could still do it. He's a great yeah, actor as really well. I want him. Yeah. I want him. Um, so Imagine yeah. if they just said, you know what, Paul McGann's going to be the next Doctor. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> go, no. go on, my son. All right, man. <laughs> so thanks for that, Liam and Rob, from the thanks, Cloister Bell podcast. Awesome. Right, should we take a trip to the other side of the world? We'll have Aye. a little flight through entirety all the way down under and see Nathan from the Flight Through Entirety podcast. Should we see what he's got to say? Let's hear it. Hello, dear listener. It's Nathan Bottomley here from Flight Through Entirety. Now that it's been announced that Chris Chibnall and Jodie Whittaker will be leaving uh, at the end of, well, what, sometime in 2022, uh, and it's been announced that I'm the new showrunner, um, I do want to give you a little bit of a foretaste of what you might expect. I'm going to be casting another female doctor. I think that that's important. It would be a shame if uh, Jodie was just the female doctor instead of one of the female doctors. And I'd try and cast someone a little bit higher profile. I think the show is really in need of a little bit more media attention than it's been getting over the past few years. Um, So... I'm going to be contacting Daisy Haggard's people, uh, but I'm sure that there are plenty of other likely candidates. What else uh, can I tell you about what's coming? I'm going to be trying to produce a 10-episode season every year. I think the last time that the show had real buzz was during the RTD era, uh, maybe season five, series five. But there was a kind of reliable rhythm that you could rely on. Uh, Part of the year, we knew that there was a new season coming towards the end of March or whatever every year. And I think that really helped maintain sort of buzz around the program. So I would very definitely do that. And I think I would go a little bit... um, a little bit less sort of Sunday night drama in the tone. I'd be wanting to take it back to uh, the RTD era where things are a little bit more hyper-real and maybe a little bit more cartoonish. And uh, if the BBC people let me, I'd be moving it back to Saturday night uh, just to kind of reinforce that. But otherwise, uh, my lips are sealed. So I, uh, you're looking. I hope you're looking forward to a surprise uh, in 2023. Uh, another thing that I would be doing is I would be showing more in the trailers. I do think that Chris Chibnall has. Um, has a tendency to not want to give anything away. And in a way, I think that's a mistake. The most recent trailer doesn't really show us very much of what to expect. And if you contrast that with the trailer, for instance, to Series 6, which we'll be covering on Flight Through Entirety later in the year, it's super exciting. There's a lot of action. There's monsters. There's all sorts of things. He's not afraid to show us things that... um, that Chris Chibnall, I think, would be keen to conceal. Oh, one more thing about the Doctor too. I think I would want to make the Doctor a little bit more prickly and a little bit more grumpy. I think that Chris Chibnall was reacting against Moffat's Doctors, who tended to be a bit more complex and a little bit more 
yeah, prickly is the word I want. Uh, and there's a very clear tendency, a very clear feeling that Chris Chibnall wants the Doctor to be much more consistently likable. And uh, that's an absolutely understandable tendency. But I do think that it meant that the character was a little bit less complex than I would normally like to see. As for my predictions for the last Chibnall season, I actually am on board with the idea of serialisation. I think that that is absolutely what TV is doing now. Uh, And in this TV landscape, uh, we do want serialisation. But he made it clear in the Comic-Con thing that they were going to a variety of places. So, I am hoping for a bit of a rollicking adventure, but I am also looking forward to the serialisation. All right, enough from me. You will see more when my Doctor Who starts in 2023. And in the meantime, you can catch me on Flight Through Entirety on your podcatcher of choice or at flightthroughentirety.com. Well, blimey. So Nathan's going to be the new showrunner. World exclusive here. 2023? 2023. 2023. All on Nathan. Well, I'm looking forward to my prickly doctor. I, I agree with that, Prickly. Prickly is what we need. Not as much as Capaldi was in the first... I talk a lot about Capaldi, don't I? But yeah. Not as much as Capaldi in his first like couple episodes. I think that was a bit too much. Mm. Grumpy ass. That's true, yeah. Should we have another bit of audio? Go on, then. Let's go for the Who's He podcast and have a listen to what Phil has to say. Oh, go on, Phil. Let's hear it. Hi guys, Phil here from the Who's He podcast, Uh, just giving you my thoughts on the little teaser trailer uh, that we had recently from the San Diego Comic Con. Um, Well, that's what it was, it was a teaser trailer, it was nothing more, I know people have sort of uh, lost their minds over the fact that it wasn't good enough for them, Um, but at this stage a teaser's all we need, we're still quite a long way from uh, seeing the, uh, the next series. So uh, it's fine. I, th- I didn't mind it. I don't like trailers to be too spoilerific anyway. Uh, and the BBC, let's be honest, have got a bit of a bad track record when it comes to uh, spoiling things in Doctor Who trailers. Let's you know, just remind ourselves of the uh, the reveal of John Sims Master um, in Peter Capaldi's last season trailer. Um, yeah, totally <laughs> ruined the surprise for everybody. So uh, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, no doubt, though, there will be another trailer um, on its way. Uh, a fuller, more rounded trailer, perhaps, uh, as we get nearer to the time. So right now, it's fine. It's just there to whet people's appetite, uh, and I'm absolutely fine with that. Um, I know, um, Harry, you did ask me um, for my sort of predictions for the next series, but as I recall, uh, record now, um, well, as we know, Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall are both leaving Doctor Who at the end of this uh, this next run, uh, which we now understand to be uh, six episodes for the series and three specials next year, and at which point both of them will will bow out. Um, so my predictions then, well, it was going to be Jodie Whittaker was going to leave. Um, and that was it. I thought Chibnall would stay on, I've got to be honest. Um, but as it appears, they, uh, according to Chibnall today, he both he and Jodie Whittaker made a pact to leave after three years. So that's what's happening. Um, I think really it's more to the point of, okay, we're going to get a new doctor, a new showrunner, but where's the show going to go after, after that? Well, really, I think, the main point is who's going to be a new showrunner more than who's going to be the new doctor. Um, 
Chris Chibnall's time on the show has been rocky to say the least. I like Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. I just don't think she got a good enough um, sort of script-wise to sort of right make her a memorable Doctor. Really, um, I think to a certain degree, people are gonna. Remember her for certain things, like being the first female Doctor, but and there's been a couple of sort of outstanding episodes in there, namely sort of Rosa and Demons of the Punjab in its in her first series. But most of it's been fair to middling, really. Um, and I think a lot of people are going to think, you know, maybe now Chibnall's gone, the timeless children aspect um, of the Doctor will just now disappear. Who knows? He set something up for the future. Um, I'm sensing a reboot when the show does come back. Um, I think it will take it back to basics, if anything. Uh, I think that's what's going to happen. So that's my prediction. Um, I think it's going to go back to basics after this um, this particular series is over and the specials next year. However, um, you know, everyone likes to speculate. And um, I think, you know, everyone seems to say, well, if I was showrunner, I would do so much better. So, um, well, if I was showrunner, and as a, an old school Doctor Who fan, and clearly um, old school Doctor Who fans are frothing at the mouth mad people, um, obviously um, I would do everything myself. I would cast myself as the showrunner. I would direct it, produce it, and also star in it as well. Because obviously, being an old Doctor Who fan, obviously you know far so much better uh, than any of the uh, sort of previous showrunners or future showrunners. Actors, producers, directors, writers. Obviously, uh, it should be steeped in canon. Um, I should actually resurrect all the old doctors to come back in it. It doesn't matter if any of them are dead. That should not stop a frothing at the mouth madman like myself. Um, so there you are. That's what I would do. Everything would be done by me. Uh, and I think, um, yes, I'm quite clearly mad. So uh, thank you. There we, there we are. Um, so a little bit of satire there about Doctor Who fans. So, uh, since this is an audio clip, um, and as is customary in these situations, it seems I'm going to plug my podcast. Um, so, if you'd like to listen to the Who's He podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Player FM, TuneIn, all the usual places. So, um, if you'd care to give us a listen, uh, please find us out on the on the internet somewhere and uh, sort of subscribe and give us some feedback and likes and the, the, the usual stuff. Um, we also have a YouTube channel as well, the uh, Who's He video podcast. Uh, so if you'd like to head on over to YouTube and subscribe and uh, watch some of our videos on there and uh, give us a few likes and a few comments, uh, that would be very, very much appreciated. Every little helps, every little helps. So uh, thanks again, guys, for listening to me waffling on for the last uh, few minutes. I uh, really enjoy your podcast. So uh, take care and uh, speak to you soon. Bye-bye. It's great. Thanks. Thanks for that, Phil. Um, I think I agree with Phil that we should we should cast ourselves. I'll film myself. Yeah. I'll play myself as yeah. as myself. Because only you can do it right. I'll score it as well. I'll do it. I'll do it all. Down eight hundred percent. So yeah, thanks for that, Phil. That was great. Thanks, Phil. It's awesome. Okay. Next up, we've got Matt and David from the Neither the Time Nor the Space podcast. Come on, Matt. Come on, David. Show us what you got. Hi there, Harry and Luke. Uh, this is David from Neither the Time Nor the Space. And I'm joined, as always, by the delightful Matt. Hello there. Yeah, so thanks very much for asking us uh, our thoughts on uh, 
the new trailer and what we would do as showrunner. I'm looking forward to hearing this in context. For, for anyone listening to this who aren't familiar with um, our podcast, I am a seasoned Doctor Who fan. Matt is not. We, we're, he's watching the show for the first time uh, for our podcast. And it's fair to say, Matt, we're, we're towards the end of the Capaldi era now. And as far as I know, you're still not a fan. It's a mixed bag so far, isn't it? I take the rough <laughs> with the smooth. For every good episode, there's a bad episode. Yeah, that's about, that's about par for the course for Doctor Who. But um, yeah, um, I, I still, you know, I, I love it for its sins. So, um, should, should I keep my responses short and simple? Because I watched the trailer. It didn't make any sense mm-hmm. to me because I haven't watched any Jodie Whittaker. And no. if I was showrunner, I'd, I'd probably just give it a little cancel. <laughs> <laughs> Right in line with that recent Guardian article. Yeah, give it a bit of breathing yeah. space. Give it, give it a decade or two off. <laughs> um, well, for what it's worth, um, I, I, I don't have a lot to say about the trailer either. I mean, it's like, I mean, certainly there will be some facial expressions in this uh, in this series, so that's exciting. Um, there's not a lot else to go on, really. You know, even if you have watched uh, the previous Whitaker series, I'm looking forward to series thirteen. Though I always look forward to new Doctor Who. Um, what I would do uh, as showrunner, oh, I, I have, you know, I, I almost don't know where to start. I'll try and keep this brief. Uh, the first thing I do is I would really want to up the humour. Um, I don't, I don't hate the Whitaker era at all. Um, but it can be a little bit dry and po-faced at times for me, uh, especially coming off the back of the Moffat era, which, for all its faults, um, you know, had a lot of very witty, clever dialogue. Um, so I'd like to see a, a little more humour and levity in the show again. Um, I, and another thing that I really want is I, w- I want a historical companion. You know, it's been so long now. And we, we know it can work. I mean, just look at look at Jamie, absolute fan favourite companion. Um, See, if it, if it were me, I'd do the opposite. I, I don't want yeah. more humour. I want drama. I was thinking about this today, was that mm-hmm. I, I'd like some episodes without the Doctor in it. Towards the end of the Capaldi era, what we're watching mm-hmm. now, at the end of every episode... The Doctor just solves whatever the problem is. Then Bill just looks at him and goes, ah, that was your plan all along, wasn't it? And then they smile and that's the end. Every episode ends <laughs> like that at the moment. So mm. let's have some tension. Let's have some drama. Yeah, well, one of the other things I did have on my on my uh, list of too many things, I won't go through everything on my list, but another thing that I did have was focusing on the companions a bit more um, rather than the Doctor. I think that certainly been a trend since the RTD era. I think one of the smartest things RTD did was uh, finding a way uh, apologies listeners if you can hear my dog prattling about with a chew in the background um, uh, one of the smartest things RTD did was was focus in on the companions um, and kind of make them the focal point for the drama and the the Doctor is almost more a means to an end um, if that makes any sense. So that's something I'd really like to see. Um, and also, 
I think this is, you know, this is a lot of fans would say this. I'd, I'd do whatever it took to get the show back on a regular schedule, releasing new episodes every year, even if that meant shorter series. Um, and I wouldn't be afraid to make it look a bit cheaper if that's what it took. Because I don't think... I don't think anybody tunes into Doctor Who expecting it to look like, you know, some HBO level prestige television. It's Doctor Who. It's homegrown. It's meant to be a little bit hokey. That's fine. What I think is more important is that it happens regularly enough that it stays in the public consciousness. I think increasingly the very haphazard way in which it's been released has, I think, damaged the show's reputation and, and standing in, in the general public. But, uh, but you know, that's just a theory. There's only one way to find out, and that's to try and um, get it back on a more regular schedule. Anyway, this, uh, this is... If you like this level of uh, uh, just unfiltered rambling... Yeah, uh, I don't, do, I don't do, usually do let David ramble like this. <laughs> I wish you could have seen his little face light up. I'm more interested in... I was listening to the Who Can Convince You episode this week on Attack of the Cybermen and Into the Forest of the Night, and I was much more interested mm-hmm. in the Doctor Who sex toy game. <laughs> yeah, I haven't listened to that one yet, so I, I've got that to look forward to. Um, anyway, we won't keep you any longer. But, uh, um, yeah, thanks very much. And, uh, yeah, if you like this and you and you also want to know what Matt and I have had for breakfast every week uh, so far in 2021. Do check out our show. Um, All right, cheerio. Our show is called Neither the Time Nor the Space. David neglected to say that in his farewell. So keep up the good work, chaps, and hopefully hear from you again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, guys. Lovely stuff. Yeah, that was great. Awesome. I do, uh, I I mean, the, the sex dolls... The well, the dollies, the sort, the sex, Doctor Who sex toys is what Quiz. everybody's in, in our podcast for, isn't it? I don't want really, yeah, but that's going to be the thing now, isn't it? Every week, um, <clears throat> finally, thank fuck, someone hates Capaldi's era just as much as me because it's awful, it's garbage. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> thank you, Matt, for agreeing because it is shite. You struggle, don't you, with that? I still haven't finished it. I you can't. do struggle. It's really bad. Sorry, Capaldi. I was going to give you a hug and say sorry, but it's not your fault. It's not your fault. But thank, thank fucking hell. But thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. That was great. Lovely stuff. On to a podcast that I have recently discovered, and I've fallen in love with. Oh, Gallifrey's most wanted podcast. Sounds cool. So let's take a little listen to what they have to say. Well, hello, and welcome to. Wait a minute, this isn't Gallifrey's Most Wanted, this is Who Can Convince You? Harry and Luke were very nice to invite me and Jeff here to pose, and they posed two questions. The first being, what would you do, what would we do, if we were the new showrunners on Doctor Who? Um, they asked us this question a little before the announcement that happened today for us. You will know, by the time you hear this, you will know what, what I'm being cryptic about. <laughs> but we're going to get on, so... Um, I think I'm going to start this one, Jeff, because I mentioned this. There's one thing I definitely would do with, if I was a showrunner. During Chibnall's era, they were given new cameras and new special effect companies, and I think it looked glorious. I would ask them to get to find a way to get Lucas to ship 
all the equipment to create their own volume, the type of interior set that they use. Um, it's basically a giant dome of LED screens, plasma screens, to do background so you could create complete alien world. That would be amazing. Still go out into the world and, you know, go to a good quarry now and then. Well, you've got to have a quarry, haven't you? So. you got to have a quarry. Go to some beautiful wooded area in England, but... I mean, the stuff in the Star Wars is absolutely amazing what they do. And I think it would be great because Doctor has done such amazing things with creating other planets. And I think in Modern Who, they've done a really good job sometimes. CGI, you know, and green screens and stuff like that. It's got to be better. It's all better than the C CSO during the Barry Letts era, <laughs> which was a little dodgy. But it would just expand what they could do. Just strange new world. I would love it. I would love it. It gives you more scope uh, and the world yeah, you can like, create. The immersion that the volume brings to, to, to the TV is quite something fantastic. Um, so, yeah, the, the, there's a lot riders. of scope. It increases the scope, and Doctor Who is all about scope. Yeah. Let's make it even more alien. I, I mean, I personally like the idea you always have a human companion. Um, I don't know if it always has to be contemporary anymore. I, I think mean, I understand I would with be new very tempted to it. have someone either from the past or the future, or a bit of both. Um, just because but you would I make like that human, dynamic. Right, an earthly. I mean, I understand why they try to keep or, or Earth descendant. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's very rare that you get a full alien. And, and if you do get a full alien, then they're the same species as the Doctor. So yeah, well, the only other one is Nardle. Uh, well, there's Adric, but Adric's very human. Uh, and that's true, because he's now he's from eSpace. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. I don't know if there was ever any indication that Traken had any heritage to Earth. I don't think that's it true. did. You know what? I'm not, I'm not even thinking about that. You see, John this, this is the me, 80s yeah. kid in me coming Yeah, out. I know. <laughs> I gotcha, I gotcha. But I would like that. Um, what would you bring? What's, what one thing would you... Do you know what? Until... About three and a half years ago, I would have said I would have taken it back to base and basically took that draft or that vision of Newman, Lambert and Whittaker uh, and basically reshaped Doctor Who in that way. Um, yeah. But Chibnall did that. So he's kind of nicked that. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's taken that out of my playbook, um, which is a bit of a shame. I, I, I would certainly have... It, it's very hard to say what I would do. What I would do to end the previous Doctor, because we know that the showrunner basically takes over in those last five minutes um, yes. of, of their predecessor final mm -hmm. episode. I would actually, at the end of the series, I would very probably not show who New Doctor is going to be. Because I would maybe want that's that... A bold, that's a bold choice, man. I would maybe want that to be something that is discovered early on in the new season and not necessarily knowing for definite in the first episode because the show's Doctor Who and if you can the mystery you want to keep the mystery in reinstill it. some okay. mystery in it um, and maybe make the Doctor someone that we don't necessarily know that we can trust in this 
could be a lot more interesting. I like those tetchy doctors. I like those doctors that are a bit more ambiguous in their moral. I'm a Hartnell through and through. And when you watch Hartnell clunking people over the head with shovels uh, and having fisticuffs in Rome, I like, you know. Um, so, so I would maybe play a little bit with that format. But yeah, it, that would be a bold, that really bold move because that mean could not promote who the star was just that it would be one of like three people. Two would be a companion, a MacGuffin, and the Doc. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, or two companions because I, I I think you can have multiple companions. I think Moffat proved that. I think and I think definitely think Chibnall really did. It, it was tighter. I mean. You know what I mean? I I don't think you the doctor. No, I mean the, it's nice to mess with with those numbers, isn't it? Uh, and sometimes it's nice to have one companion. You get a more intimate relationship between the two. Not 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 in a romantic way necessarily, but in a more intimate one-on-one kind of way, like a friendship. I, I like the one that comes and goes. Like it's not in every episode. Sometimes goes on an adventure, or or so. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, they come in and out. I mean, I think Davies did that really well. I think, um, I think with Bill and Nardle, that Nardle is a companion. He's traveled with. Yeah, exactly. He, he and he's like the unit family back in the seventies. It's yeah, you know, that, it's it's that fun. same kind of. Sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. It, the trouble is, you is, could create something, and I, I get why we don't do that because it's all about consistency, and people want to know what they're coming into. Um, so it, yeah, the fans have a vested interest in, and sometimes they get compa- sometimes companions as popular with everybody as other. If you have a mix that gives every, you got. I like a mix because you've got more than one box. Yeah, yeah. And if you think about it, it's actually worked quite well for a lot of people with characters like uh, River Song and Captain Jack, um, who we're normally now loath to mention. But anyway, yeah. it has worked historically with those characters, and they've sometimes been there. And people get a little pop when they turn up and expect it. Now, it's- yeah, and it's I like that. It's because I'm a fan, and I think. Everybody in things they're fans of is always like there's always this secondary character you attach on. In Star Trek, for me, it was Scotty. Yeah. You know, that one. You know, I'm the one. In Star Wars, people pick Bo- Boba Fett. You know, he wasn't a big player except in 20 minutes of one movie. Now, we all know that the real heroes is Art. No more needs to be said on it. That is true. We have, I, I do it because he's the only one who's not in it. Him and Leah, the only two that are. <laughs> yeah. So, um,. Another thing I would do would to take them because I want the alien worlds is go back to some of the we saw in the 60s and do them or in the 70s with a bit of justice. Do, imagine doing Peladon where it doesn't have to be. Imagine Vortex. That's that's my main one. I want a Web Planet re- sequel with people not in John Belushi Bisu <laughs> because Web Planet is a masterpiece and I'm not going to say it anymore. Just deal with it people embrace it the web planet master and i would like to see something like that i wouldn't mind the doctor going back to some planets that we've seen show us because you know i like gridlock because we get to see them we got to see that they kind of snuck them in yeah i mean they still were just big crabs but it was like oh cool that's what they look like and not made of paper mache but imagine it's been 15 years how much better the technology what stretch it have real alien you know it doesn't have to be a hundred percent do a nice mix of puppetry and it works try it have real alien have a real alien the only problem you face um with a real alien companion is how they fit in in a contemporary environment on earth (laughs) but there are ways of working around that 
there are ways of working around. Well, you that. don't have to have them blend in. Just you know, don't worry about the that thing. It's like it's Doctor Who. Stop worrying about the logic. Or <laughs> what you do is you set every story on modern day Earth in 2020 so that they can wear a mask. That's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. It's um, probably a good job we're not going to showruns of Doctor Who, but anyway. Yes, it, but that would be it. And I would, one other, one last thing I would like to do is, and they've announced that they're going to kind of do, serialize it some. Not as loose as, say, Moffat, but a, but a little, still a little bit tighter than Davies, where there's a through line for the season, but you have one and done. Unfortunately, because it's the way that I would be, I would really like to see Doctor Who go back to 20. That would be a bull. It would never work anymore. Well, but here's something. The Marvel shows are not 25 minutes. They're not. They are 32. They're 30. Actually, what was I watching? Um, oh, I watched um, Masters of the Universe Revelation. This, and all of those episodes were 25 minutes long. Um, it, it's And it wouldn't really mess with the BBC because really the reason we have the, the sort of 40, 45 minute format is for advertising uh, and for advertising specifically in the States in the way that you advertise yeah. during your programmes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, it's, and that's why the, and the 45 to 50 minute thing is BBC America get, runs over because that's who gets to air it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they don't edit it. But they really liked it when, like, as Moffat didn't do long episodes, he was really conscious of that 45-minute kind of square. So he kept it as close to 45 minutes as possible. And Chibnall just went, uh, um, I need 50. <laughs> Which is just outside the perimeter. But what they do is they just show the end credits at high speed very quick. You get two minutes. Right, right. If you've ever seen American credits, it's motion um, screen. But, that, I mean, that's all I would do. I would I think these are good ideas, you know, to hype up the tech a little bit, change the format. And I don't think your 25 or 30 minute isn't bad because instead of doing eight episodes or 10 episodes... You exactly. You, and, suddenly, you I mean, suddenly extend your runtime by double. Um, so, but yeah, it'd be yeah, fun. You get, you get a longer season. I, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. All right. And the other thing the gentlemen have asked us, give our opinion on the trailer that just dropped. Um, I'll, I'll let you go first. Okay. Do you know what? It, it did everything that I knew it was going to do because it was SDCC. Um, you know, you're not going to get the full trailer for the season at SDCC on, on the panel. They are going to give no. a teaser. They are going to wet the whistle. They are going to get you. We're lucky it wasn't ready. still. And it doesn't stand yeah. still, that trailer. It's lovely. Uh, we get some lovely shots of Jodie. Uh, I did think I needed to put my glasses on for a for a moment um, until she came into focus in that long walk up to the camera but they've done those those camera shots before really nice there's a lot going on there is a lot going on in that trailer i think some people are maybe a bit miffed that they didn't see certain monsters that they may or may not know that are coming back um in, in the next season but do you know what it's it's teaser and it's it's Doctor Who. It's not Monster Who. It's yes, and it's like here's my point. I agree with you wholeheartedly. My thing is, last season there were three huge reviews. The first two-parter in the middle episode. Whether you liked them or not, folks, they were surprises. Yeah, they were. We did nothing was spoiled in the trailer. It made the season so much more. Me and Jeff would like be texting like the next day because he got to see it about two hours before I did. Like, oh wait, and I would message him like we would. It made talking about it the next day on Twitter Fun. so much better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. 
that I didn't know what was going on. I just heard people, I noticed that my Twitter feed was like going off and I was like not reading the message. It was like, what did I miss? It was Joe Martin as the fugitive, the division doctor, whatever you want. It was amazing. When Sasha Dewan in the first thing goes, says he's the master, I'm like, what? Wait a minute. We just killed them. What the, I blew my mind. I want that. Now that we know that there's a big change coming, I do not want this season ruined for me. Yeah, exactly. I don't want spoilers. I don't want anything. If I, I really, I'm going to try to avoid as much stuff as possible because this is very important. Chris Chibnall and his production team have the tightest lips. They keep a secret better than anybody. I mean, do you know what? And keep it up. A teaser for me. I would be satisfied with the TARDIS materialising, the door opening, and it just going into the console room, and there's J.D. Or whoever is the Doctor at the time, just stood at the... And they flick the... And then that's it, you get them. That would be enough for me. I, th- that would get me excited for the next season. Um, because I'm that much of a sad fanboy. Uh, it's, you know, I don't need a lot no, no, to I got get you. me I'm right there with you. going. No, I think that would be great. I liked it. My favorite part of the trailer was um, Yaz in the tomb. <laughs> Dan falling, hitting the ground, and her just going, hiya. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I posted it on Facebook and uh, Twitter as, this is how I enter my office every Monday morning. <laughs> so it was great. I like the trailer. I don't want, don't ruin stuff. It's um, it's hard nowadays. It's hard to live life spoiler. It is. Uh, and, it really is. Especially if you're active on something like Twitter. Because people don't, don't have that self-restraint not know something first you know so they have to blurt it out there so it is very hard to get through life un- unspoiled um i i'm not overly fussed about spoilers because i've got such a bad memory anyway that i'd have forgotten them by the time the episodes air yeah. um I-, I knew about young davros we knew about john simmons and ten it, um, although I had completely forgotten that, and I did not twig at all that dent just going along the ride. Um, but yeah, but that's a good one to do. Is I mean, and we also knew that the uh, the I mean, I know why they wanted to show us in that truck in Cyberman because it made us all go, "When are they going up?" I'm in Cyberman. In Cyberman, them now. I want them now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the first thing I remember seeing was that picture of Peter Capaldi in the corridor with about three or four of them lined up opposite him. Yeah. I'm fairly sure that was the first clue we got that that they were coming back. And I remember at the time people were like, has this been fake? Is this legit? Um, Because no one could comprehend. It could only have been better if it had been my 80s. I'm surprised they didn't CGI them into the battle scene. Maybe on a special edition. Yeah, let's Lucas the hell out of it. (laughs) All right, folks. Hey, we want to say thanks. It's always nice to be invited to talk about Doctor Who. And thank you, uh, Harry and Luke. Thank you very much. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for that, gents. Yeah, that was great. Um, it's nice to know that someone else thinks the trailer was all right. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I quite liked it. it was Visually right. stunning. I'd like to see what they do with all of the, you know, the visual effecty stuff mm. they brought and in. I like what Ross was saying about um, the LED panel. Yeah, the, the one that Ma- Man- the Mandalorian used mm. was like fifty percent of what they filmed. Um, it's really good technology. Uh, I don't know what the stage is called, but I know it's in partner with like Epic Games. I don't think. Oh right, it. okay. Uh, but it's great technology, yeah. and with made the CGI look a lot better. Although it looks great as it is now, yeah, it uh, just might cost. Doctor Who has never looked better. Initial cost would uh, 
well, costs an arm and a leg. Sometimes you've just got to spend... You've just you know, got to bite the bullet, and that's all you can do, really. Awful, awful, awful. Next up. So, yeah, next up. Thanks again, guys. Thank you so much. Next up, we've got J.R. Southall and Gang from the Strangers in Space podcast. That sounded a bit pathetic, didn't it? Next up, we've got the Strangers in Space. Hi, it's JR from the Strangers in Space podcast, and Harry has asked me to record a little thing, just giving my thoughts on, well, as he asked for it, the Comic-Con panel, and maybe some thoughts on what I would do if I was the showrunner of Doctor Who. So, the Comic-Con panel, there wasn't really an awful lot going on on the Comic-Con panel, because they weren't really given an awful lot away. They have said that it's likely to be... Oh, no, they've not said that it's likely to be. They've said that it's going to be six episodes, one story in the autumn season 13. Something Doctor Who's not really done before. I suppose there was a sort of thing in the Trial of the Time Lord, although that was really four separate stories that they just sort of integrated together across the season. I think what they're doing is taking out the four episodes that wouldn't have been in the arc that you had maybe in series 12. So series 12 was six arc episodes and four non-arc episodes. This year we look like we're getting just the six arc episodes without the non-arc episodes. I suspect that means they might all be written by Chris Chibnall or there'll be co-writer credits for other people, but I suspect Chris Chibnall's name will be on all six of the scripts. Um, I think, given that Chris Chibnall said that the tease word that he would come up with is swarm i think that suggests to me that there's going to be weeping angels in series 13 although you know there's no way of knowing minoptra you think minoptra we're in (laughs) okay so simon you think it's going to be the minoptra well i don't think it's going to be but it's quite a nice thought isn't it vashti narada (laughs) matt you think it's going to be the vashti narada No, well, you know, swarm, and they're pretty easy to film. You you can't keep the Weeping Angel secret, but you can keep the Vashti Narada secret. So obviously this is Simon and Matt, also from the Strangers in Space podcast. Was there anything that came up in the Comic-Con or that came up in the trailer that sort of stood out to either of you two guys as worthy of note? Because, I mean, they really didn't... John Bishop. Go on, sorry, Simon. John Bishop, he's he's kind of a point of interest, isn't he? Really, to see how he how he changes the dynamic. That's true. Um, he's been really good in everything I've seen him in, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. He looked like he was really enjoying working on Doctor Who, and they, I mean, Jody, the other, you know, the other three looked like they were really enjoying having him there, and that's a great sign because that means, of course, that of course they're really enjoying working on Doctor Who. Jodie Whittaker and Mandip Gill are living together whilst they're filming it. That helps. But also, they've been in lockdown for, yeah, yeah, for yeah. four or five months, and then suddenly they're allowed to basically play in the sandbox of Doctor Who. They couldn't not enjoy like getting outside and filming and actually working for, for yeah, the first yeah. time. The relief of working must be extraordinary. But having said that, I mean, it, it seemed to me patent from that panel that the chemistry between the four people is that it's not just that they're enjoying being able to go back to work, but they do enjoy each other's company, enjoy the work, enjoy the job. And that seemed like really, really clear from, from the panel. And John Bishop's definitely a part of that. Um, one other question that Harry asked because this is something that comes up and since he asked it 
I suppose it's even more relevant now than ever. And we've done our own episode to talk about what we think might happen. But what he asked was, if we were showrunner, what would we do? I mean, uh, Matt, Simon, have either of you any... uh, You know, this is obviously extremely hypothetical, but just say you were given the reins of Doctor Who. Can you think of anything particular that you'd want to do? Well, I I suggested um, after Comic-Con to tell one story in a season, <laughs> believe it or not, just a one story, like one shot. Um, but also Paul McGann. Paul McGann's still a virile, high-profile actor who's clearly connected to the series. Don't bring him back as the main Doctor, but bring him back as a Doctor in a series or for his own miniseries. It seems such a... If you'd agree to it, it seems such an obvious thing to do he hasn't he hasn't there's no controversy about Paul McGann he hasn't been cancelled at all he's still like a an employable actor he's still high profile he's a great actor so I definitely start finding ways to get Paul McGann introduced into the show he's got to be about 60 now though isn't he yeah but he's got it he's still got it yeah it maybe. doesn't matter you can you know if you can bring back Peter Davison for Time Crash or Tom Baker for Day of the Doctor in his late 80s, then Paul McGann would be able to do it. Simon, have you any thoughts about what you'd... Um, I suspect that that somebody will do this very soon anyway, but um, I would still love to bring in a new Doctor on screen in a story before he even, or he, she even, appears, Mm. or they appears as the Doctor, I would love to do that and side, you know, side swipe the audience to a degree. It kind of, that's the only thing with the Timeless Children thing is that we seem to have Doctors coming out our ears at the moment. So it's, it kind of starts to lose its impact that, that, that there are so many Doctors that, oh yeah, there's another one, there's another one, there's another one. You know, a multiverse of Doctors. Um, but there's but still a I certain... would still love to do that the yeah. way, where you where you can trick trick the audience and realise that they know the Doctor before they even know them. But there's still a cachet and a, an import to being the Doctor who's cast as the regular next Doctor to be the ongoing Doctor in the program, you know, and that's still how the numbering works insofar as promotion and publicity is concerned. So the next Doctor is still going to be the fourteenth Doctor, regardless of Joe Martin and whoever else we've had in the meantime. This next Doctor will still be the 14th Doctor Who. For myself, I wouldn't say this would be something that I'd sit down with the intention of doing, but I have noticed that whenever I do write fiction, I always tend to go a bit meta. In other words, I tend to sort of take whatever the format is and do it inside out. So I couldn't write, I couldn't write Doctor Who as just aliens invade, Doctor repels aliens, that sort of thing. I guess, and I don't suppose I'd do it remotely in the same way as Stephen Moffat does, but I just can't help myself. If I write fiction, I want to I want to work out what the thing is that I'm writing rather than just writing the thing. And so I always seem to end up turning things inside out. I guess that's just the way I am. And I suppose if I was hired as the showrunner in this really figurative universe that we're talking about, I wouldn't be able to help myself, but I'd do something like that. So we were the strangers in space. And uh, those are a few thoughts. Harry, I hope that's what you asked for. Well, thanks for that, <laughs> J.R., Matt. 
and Simon. Uh, some interesting thoughts there. But yeah, mostly agree with everything. I think uh, the Web Planet definitely deserves some sort of a revival. Does it? Well, you wouldn't think so, but... No, I wouldn't think um, so, no. Yeah, so... There we are. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, and thank you to everybody that has sent in some feedback for this one. Uh, we'll put all... We'll, we'll dump all of the we links will. to the podcasts in the... Uh, description. Description box below. And um, um, it was a fucking pleasure listening as to As always, all it the was a fucking... Of course, you'd never know what I thought, because you... <laughs> <laughs> it was a fucking pleasure to listen and to read all that feedback. It's nice to know that there are other podcasts out there other than us. It's nice to know that there is a refuge for people to go to get quality content. Quality. I hope you have enjoyed this different, but yet interesting, I thought anyway, bonus episode. We were joined by Ben. We were. We were joined by a plethora plethora. of other podcasts. It's been great. I am shattered now. I apologise for being horrifically depressed midway through. What, but uh, it, it happens. It, it happens. happens. Um, uh, I've had enough now. I've, I want to go um, home. So uh, yeah, next week we're going to be discussing uh, Dragonfire and Smith and Jones. Smith and Jones. So if you've got any feedback on those, it'll get posted somewhere. Uh, we're still not on Twitter. Uh, so we're on strike. We're on. Yeah, I'm on. Fuck's sake. I'm on. My union has said stay away. Stay away. So, uh, Stay yeah. away. thank you for listening, everybody. If you want to check out any of the podcasts, as we said, links are in the description below. And we'll see you next week. Ta-ta for now. See you later. See you next year. You can send us your feedback and comments by contacting us on Twitter at Who Can Convince or send us an email to whocanconvinceyou at gmail.com. You can also send us some audio feedback, either as an attachment in an email, or you can visit speakpipe.com forward slash who can convince you. Be sure to leave us a rating and a review in your podcast platform to help people find us.